Do you guys listen to Truanon? Uh-uh. They did a very St. Louis heavy episode today. That's like all they talked yeah. about was like oh. the Veiled Prophet shit and the Bush family, like the Anheuser Bush family, and like how they're like royalty around there and get away with all kinds of crimes and shit. And a bunch of them You're killed themselves. It. Yeah. Did they shit on Provel Pizza? No, they didn't. That didn't come. Then up. They're not better than us. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need to talk about about St. Louis is just shit on Provel Pizza. Exactly. Yeah. We There's did your content. The Prophet already. Okay. What is it? True anon. Yeah. Yeah. Just solid podcast. Oh, I love that show. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Turn Leftist Podcast. I'm Mike, he, him. And tonight I'm here with Ward, he, him as well. And our special guests tonight are Caitlin and Colin from the Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner Podcast. How are you guys doing? Hello, good. Doing good. I'm you didn't Caitlin. know it was already Caitlin because she's stirring her drink into the microphone. Oh, oops. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Noise canceling is pretty good yeah, in Discord. Hello. Oh, shit. Hello. <laughs> That's I'm your Caitlin, intro. she, they. I'm Colin, he, him. Glad to have you guys. Yeah. Thank you. We're so glad to be here. We've been so excited. We haven't podcasted in too long because I don't know. We're lazy. It's lazy. Of shit. Yeah, basically everyone on the podcast is also in a band except me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to act like I'm in the band, um, but she carries in the tambourine. Yeah, yeah. Do you play the triangle? <laughs> no, but I do. Like, I just come down and annoy them. I'll like get high or get drunk and come down mm-hmm. and annoy them. And, oh, that sounds yeah, way more fun than being in the band. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it is very fun. I, yeah, I can leave whenever I want to. Oh, I totally get what you mean because um, the scheduling is the problem when it comes to the podcast. And like you're saying, a lot of people yeah. are in the band and they just have other obligations. Like um, this is going to be a Patreon episode and we're going to do a series of these where uh, Caitlin and Cullen and I and whoever else can make it from either of our podcasts talk about different CIA operations. Mark would be an awesome one yeah. to have on. I mean, he's welcome. If you can get him to come on, if he's free, like, uh, Hell yeah. yeah, it'd be great. He won't yeah. be wearing a shirt. But he won't he'll be, be wearing a shirt. He might be on the toilet. He's going to be on his cell phone. It's going to look like a snuff film. <laughs> but yeah, he'll definitely come. So we're going to do this too, because uh, obviously we haven't released any um, content on our Patreon feed for like three or four weeks now. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, we're obviously behind. We were doing episodes. We were reading Jaren's book and then discussing it. And then Jaren got very busy with work. So we just fell behind. So this will sort of allow us to catch up and give out some Patreon content. Um, and just also with the podcast, I should mention uh, Shannon from Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner is going to be one of our co-hosts uh, once she can actually just so make it to an episode. It's just scheduling wise. It's just the only reason she hasn't been on yet. But I asked her probably like three weeks ago now and we made her like an official co-host. We just haven't been able to make our schedules work out. Well, yet. I'll, I'll put it that way. Yet. So, Shannon's the busiest um, person alive. She's the one that like facilitates the band and like makes everybody like get together once a week. And then she has her podcast and then she has like 20 different jobs. Um, yeah. yeah, different like dog training jobs. So yeah, she's always very. Yeah, busy. that was what the issue was. It's just between work and playing in the band. So, but yeah, eventually she will make it to an episode, and we will have uh, yeah our full lineup of hosts. But yeah, in the meantime, let's just talk about um, Operation Washtub. And I was really excited about this one because it just kind of I thought about what we could do to like record some more Patreon episodes. I was like, well, I really 
want to record with Kayla and Nicole, and I haven't seen them in too long. It's been months, and I would like to have an excuse to have them on. And I know that we had planned on having you guys come on to do some type of um, thing that's conspiracy-related, just because that's what your podcast is about. And I think this is perfect because these are all going to be things that sound like conspiracies, but they're all real things that either happened or were attempted that they failed at doing or something. But I think it really bridges the gap between both of our podcasts because Marxists will absolutely rant about the CIA at any given chance. And people will call them conspiracy theorists, and it's so fucking frustrating. Yeah. It's like, dude, they admitted it. They admitted it. it. That's, yeah, like, you can find this all. Like, they've admitted it. This isn't a theory. Yeah. It's yeah. conspiracy fact, man. Yeah, it's, it seems like just because, like, I'll tell my mom a lot of these things that the shitty CIA has done, and she's like, are you sure? And she, like, yeah. starts asking me, like, I'm a QAnon person. I'm like, they've admitted it. Just because yeah. you, just because they aren't, like, on the news coming out and being like, look what we did, doesn't mean that it's not true. Like, they've admitted to all this shit. It's so frustrating. Well, sometimes they do. Sometimes they actually are on the news saying that they did it, but it's 40 years earlier that they did it. And so nobody cares by now. And then you don't find out about the shit they're doing now until 40 years from now, again, mm-hmm. when everyone's dead and gone. But I also thought that this one in particular is really perfect because Operation Washtub is what we're going to be talking about tonight. And if you haven't heard of it, the basis of it is that the United States planned to have a civilian quote-unquote soldiers and secret agents trained and at the ready. And they specifically went after outdoorsmen and woodsmen. Like, Caitlin was talking about how your dad likes to just go out in the wilderness and be a survival He's, guy. Like, Yeah, he just got back from Alaska, which he kept a diary in Alaska and, like, made us. We just went to visit them in Colorado. They live, like, way up in the mountains. And he made us, like, sit down. Like, each one of us sit down and read his diary about mm-hmm. He went on, like... He just, like, got dropped off and, like, hunted sheep. And you, like, if you catch a, sh- a, sh- a sheep, one sheep, um, <laughs> if, sheep, if you shoot a sheep, then you, like, have to go get it on this, like, crazy terrain that's, like, straight up and down and just all, like, loose rock. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to pack it all up into your backpack and carry it, like, Fun. back up. Yeah, it's insane. So, um he kept a diary and it was just like so cute because he's like this big burly man. He was like <laughs> talking about his feelings. It was so sweet. It was just efficient because he didn't want to tell the story over and over again. So he's like, yeah. read this. Read this. Except he made us read it. Like <laughs> we would start talking and he'd be like, are, are you reading that? And I'd be like, yes. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my God. Well, if your dad had been doing this 70 years ago, they would have absolutely approached him and recruited him into Operation Washed Up. He is exactly the kind of guy they're looking for. So that's why I thought it was funny when I asked you guys to come on and do this series of episodes on CIA ops. uh, With the first one that I came across when I just started looking up ones that would be interesting, this was the first thing that came up. And I'm like, this is perfect. Oh, I can't wait to tell my dad about this. How do they come up with the the titles? Sorry. They're not good. They're not good titles. Like, is it just out of a hat or like, how do they come up with the title of the operation? I did not see anything about how they came up with this, with this title at all. I guess like, Washtub sounds really hillbilly and backwater. So they figured that's the kind of guys they're getting out of Alaska. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, like Operation, what was it? Midnight Climax? (laughs) Midnight Climax, yeah. (laughs) Why? Why? You know, what did that come from? Why not? (laughs) That's true. I mean, that is the theory is that they're just kind of like, I listened to that most recent episode of Chapo, and the people who are claiming to be victims of Havana syndrome, like CIA agents that are like literally just having allergies or coming back hungover from you know, trips to like toppling governments or whatever, they got medical assistance. There was a bill that was proposed, voted on, and passed, giving them like millions of dollars in aid for medical care and everything for a fake fucking virus 
um, that supposedly, you know, the laser beam that Cuban communists can shoot at you and make you ill, and that there's like no proof for whatsoever. And they're just dunking on us. That's the whole thing that, that is that they're just dunking on how easily they can get money for healthcare, and we just yep. can't. Yep. Yeah. My favorite take on the whole Havana syndrome thing is uh, comparing it to the fentanyl overdoses in police. Mm. Like they just warn cops all the time. Was like this fentanyl is so dangerous. It's so dangerous that these cops would go into like fentanyl overdose, but test for absolutely no fentanyl in their system. Because it was all psychosomatic. No, yeah, it was all psychosomatic. It's like, yeah, you keep warning people that go to Havana. It's like, oh, Havana syndrome, Havana syndrome. Oh, these God. microwave weapons, these radiation weapons, and it's like, oh, I feel sick. Munchausen's. Yeah. Right, so let's get into uh, the actual Operation Washdown. So I took information just from the original Associated Press article that was written when the documents were first released, uh, declassifying the existence of Operation Washdown. And then there was another article by a guy named Matt Freitas uh, in 2020, and then also just some stuff from Wikipedia as well. But um, it's an interesting one. You'll like this. So, fearing the Russian invasion and occupation of Alaska, the U.S. government in the early Cold War years recruited and trained fishermen, bush pilots, trappers, and other private citizens across Alaska for a covert network to feed wartime intelligence to the military. Newly declassified Air Force Base and FBI documents show. So, invasion of Alaska seemed like a real possibility in 1950. Um, Alaska was a Russian colony during the 18th century before it was purchased for $7.2 million in 1867 by the United States. American strategists, knowing the Russians had inside knowledge of the territory, had a real concern that the Soviet Union may use the territory as an entry point for a possible invasion. Quote, the military believes that it would be an airborne invasion involving bombing and the dropping of paratroopers, one FBI memo said. The most likely targets were thought to be Nome, Fairbanks, Anchorage, and Seward. Uh, so FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover teamed up on a highly classified project codenamed Washtub with the newly created Air Force Office of Special Investigations, or the OSI, headed by Hoover, protege, and former FBI official Joseph F. Carroll. The secret plan was to have citizen agents in key locations in Alaska ready to hide from the invaders of what was then only a U.S. territory. Oh yeah, so I guess there wasn't even the star of Alaska on the flag at that point, right? I don't think so. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The secret plan was to have citizen agents in key locations in Alaska ready to hide from the invaders. Oh, I just read that. Okay, sorry. The agents in the Stay Behind program, however. (laughs) This is a Patreon episode. This is supposed to be like the top tier stuff. (laughs) All I'm doing is making more. You messed up the intro. You repeated sentences. You put us on the top tier stuff. We're behind a paywall and we're like, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The agents in the Stay Behind Prim, however, were to have no known ties to the military or an intelligence service. They consisted entirely of civilians, fishermen, bush pilots, trappers, and other Americans who had established livelihoods who were positioned around strategic Alaskan towns and villages such as Fairbanks, Kodiak, Anchorage, and several others. These citizen agents would find their way to survival caches of food, cold weather gear, message coding material, and radios. In hiding, they would transmit word of enemy movements. This was not civil defense of the sort that became common later in the Cold War as Americans built their own bomb shelters. This was an extraordinary enlistment of civilians as intelligence operatives on U.S. soil. And so this kind of made me think of, again, since I just told you guys about Truanon earlier, you wouldn't have heard this episode, but I don't know if you guys remember, in the late summer, I want to say, of 2020, there was this guy who went on a rampage in Canada, and he was in a cop car, and he went to something like 14 different houses and killed everyone in the families and like burn the houses down and like killed their dogs like oh killed like husbands wives kids like everybody and burn the houses down and this went on for like 
longer than 24 hours. Like he went on this kind of rampage and it was in this very like rural kind of town. So it wasn't even like all these things were close by. He was driving around in a cop car that he'd gotten a hold of and he had all these guns, which again are hard to come by in Canada. And somehow the cops were not able to stop this guy with that amount of time. But um, the reason I bring that up is because True and On did an episode on that and they sort of put forward the theory that a lot of right-wing lone wolf terrorists, and I think they even tied in the Las Vegas shooter, since there's a lot of mystery surrounding that and a lot of questions that people have that have not been answered to anyone's satisfaction. They put forward the theory that these are tied into like basically like Gladio-style operatives that go off the rails once in a while. And because they have access to weapons and tactics that other people don't, they are particularly deadly when they do. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard about it because I don't think I came across it in my true crime podcast. But yeah, no, that sounds like a legit theory yeah. to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of conspiracies about. You can cut this out because I feel like we're going to get our fucking house bombed, but like the St. No, Louis cops. <laughs> like St. Louis cops killing people. Like oh, right yeah. now, they think there's a serial killer in St. Louis. There's like, we have a high crime rate anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, like the house I was working at a couple weeks ago. Like two houses down, a kid was in his front yard. Two kids were in their front yard, and just somebody drove by and shot him. And it's just happening like every single night, and it's it's always black kids or black women, and it just seems like every single night, like somebody's driving around and just shooting, just shooting black people. And so, like, there's all these theories about like, is there a serial killer in in St. Louis? Because it's the same thing every time. It's like a lot of black sex workers too, and. uh in my head, I'm immediately like, it's the fucking cops. Like, it's, it's at least a white supremacist. Or it's but... both. It's a serial killer <laughs> cop. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of serial killers take jobs as cops. Oh, yeah. It's the number one profession for serial yeah. killers. I mean, I, I've said on this podcast a million times how many of the most prominent Black Lives Matter activists ended up hanging from trees and ruled suicides. There was at least in, five in Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a huge thing here that everybody just, you know, believes that that cops were killing all the people that were like in charge of the protests, like organizing the protests in Ferguson. I mean, there were so many mysterious deaths. I've heard some people like try and refute it, but I'm like all of those people just randomly like getting shot in their car or overdosing mm. in their car. Like, it's just so weird. And, and the cops like will go. I mean, especially in St. Louis, the cops will do anything like our cops were supposed to be making like they were supposed to be on a call because a building was getting broken into and they were playing Russian roulette and like killing one of their own. Like, that's what our cops do. So, like, of course, they're going to do. Yeah. (laughs) Do you not know about that? A couple years ago, St. Louis PD gangs. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A couple years ago, they were they were all drinking like on the clock. And um, there was a girl and two guys and they were playing Russian roulette, which obviously somebody is going to get fucking shot. Mm. And so so she got shot and killed. But everybody's like they weren't playing Russian roulette. They shot her and killed her like she probably was threatening them to do something. Yeah. And they shot her and killed her. That's that's our cops like they get away with everything and they do fucked up shit. But are you it's telling me that in that kind of climate that uh, obviously they wouldn't just kill the most prominent leaders of a resistance movement to the police violence and just write it off as gang violence, which then also contributes to the narrative that we need more police to protect everybody from the yes, gang violence. Exactly. Like, or yeah. Or is like the narrative of like black on black crime, you know, right. it like adds to that. Yeah. I mean, 
to me, it's a no brainer to me. I'm like, obviously like right. all of these people are either getting murdered or like committing suicide in quotations. It, to me, I'm just like, our cops are so corrupt. They can get away with everything. Mm-hmm. Of course they're doing it. Uh, let me get back to um, Operation Washed Up here. So as the plan was being shaped in 1950, uh, Ward, I'm glad you made it for this episode. So as the plan was being shaped in 1950, Soviet-backed North Korea invaded South Korea. <laughs> that, that's not good. That's something that happened, right? <laughs> um, that was a great thing that happened. <laughs> the bad part is when the U.S. intervened. Well, I just, I find the premise of North Korea that didn't exist yet invading South Korea that also was not a thing because there was just Korea. Yeah, like, like, yeah, you know, like it wasn't a civil war, you know. It was an invasion somehow. As the plan was being shaped in 1950, Soviet-backed North Korea invaded South Korea, triggering a war on the peninsula that some in the Pentagon saw as a deliberate move by Moscow to distract Washington before invading Europe. The previous summer, the Soviets stunned the world by exploding their first atomic bomb. Also in 1949, the U.S. locked arms with Western Europe to form the NATO alliance, and Mao Zedong's revolutionaries declared victory in China. Based. Days. <laughs> oh my god, we just got a cat and named him Chairman Meow, and he's so cute. It's <laughs> the best so cat cute. name ever. It really it, is. It's a really good cat name. I was like, I know there's a couple floating around, but like Shannon came up with some really good ones. Fidel Castro. That's pretty good. And then oh. like, yeah, I came up with Vladimir Lenin, and uh, I know, and so yeah, Carl Meows. Like there were so many good <laughs> ones, but Chairman Meow is so good. And then we can call him Meow. He's amazing. He's so cute. Anyway, I know I'm derailing you talking about my cat. No, I'm like a no, quarter I, of a beer. I love in. that meme that's going around where it's like uh, Lennon had more than five cats, so he was officially a lesbian. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yes, that makes Lennon even hotter to me. My goodness. I love it. Oh, yeah. So Mao Zedong's revolutionaries declared victory in China, adding to American fear that communism was on the march. Damn right. Yeah, you should be scared. <laughs> But I mean, still, yeah, I don't know how North Korea invades Korea, considering that neither of them existed yet. It was just Korea. But of course, it's all a nice way of saying how the U.S. split Korea into two parts to hold back a communist revolution and killed 20 percent of the Korean population and still control South Korea as an occupied state today. Have you all done an episode on North Korea? No, we keep like everybody wants us to do that. We need to because I don't know anything about it. So I can never like I don't know. I can never. Talk about it. No, like everybody always friends. asks me about North Korea, and I just link them to the one paste bin that I um, compiled of just YouTube videos, podcasts about North Korea, because, like, Rev Left has done at least two episodes. Pearl's Pod did two really good episodes with people who went there and who are the same people that we're trying to get come on ours to talk about the DPRK, because we want somebody who's been there. Like, otherwise, we're just talking yeah. about it as a bunch of white boys here in, in the U.S. Like, And since yeah. our Patreon subscribers are listening, uh, the ultimate far-reaching goal of our patreon is that we'll generate enough funds that we can take a podcast trip to yeah. north korea we say it every chance we get they, they, they gotta be sick of hearing it by now with a million times but i mean i legit want to go <laughs> Same. a live episode yeah it would be so great we could do like a seven-part series of just like live recordings they're not gonna let us record anything Oh, yeah. Oh we can sit in our hotel room after the night, like, sitting on a fucking tape recorder. But like, you realize they're not going to let us bring anything to and from. Like, they're not going to let us computers and flash drives. That's true. Like, what, what are you talking about? Like, those dudes went to fucking North Korea. Like, I saw the guys that, oh, we went to get into North oh, yeah. Korea to get a haircut. And they got, they left with their footage. That was like eight years ago. I recently saw, like, earlier this year, uh, two rappers. I can't remember where they're from. 
They went to fucking North Korea, shot a fucking music video, and they came back. No, we can't go. I just saw it earlier today. Well, then I screenshot it because I was bummed about it when I saw it. We could go, but it's the U.S. government preventing us. DPRK is fine, I think. Oh, yeah. We'll have to yeah. circumvent the shit out of it. We'll probably have to go to, like, China first and then go to North Korea from there. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, double bonus trip. Yeah. Yeah, that would be your dream, Ward. <laughs> Oh, it's absolutely my dream. I'm so fucking tanky. <laughs> all right, so the point of all that is to say that Operation Washtub was just more of the U.S.'s military regime protecting its empire from justified reclaiming from the working classes. Give us back our Alaska. Uh, let's see, so... It's a sad-ass message, by the way. What's that? Oh, yeah. The one who just showed me. That's so sad. <laughs> Looks like we were getting smuggled, so we need even more Patreon subscribers to pay for the smuggling fees. For our trip to North Korea. Wait, what? Why do you have to get smuggled? Uh, so Mike just shared it. And it was like, thanks for your email and interest in traveling with us to North Korea. Unfortunately, U.S. passport holders aren't able to visit North Korea due to a travel ban from the U.S. government. Aww. However, if you're another pa- nationality passport, I can arrange for you to join our tours. Alternatively, I can arrange tours that will get you as close to North Korea as possible from our China Borderlands tours or our DMZ tour from South Korea where we explore checkpoints well off the beaten path. And so, basically, we'll just have to get smuggled, which, I mean, Patreon subscribers, please. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty please. And everybody's going to be like, wait, Mike just defected? He's not coming back? Like, (laughs) (laughs) That would be so funny. Like, Jaren's the only one that comes back because he's the anarchist. (laughs) That would be great. Okay, so we'll get back to Washed Up here. So Washed Up was known inside the government by several other code names, including Corpuscle, Astigmatic, and Catboat. I'm not making this shit up. Cat- okay, no, Catboat yeah. sounds way cooler than Washed yeah, Up. Yeah, first off, that's what they should have went with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to an official Air Force history of the OSI, which called it one of OSI's quote most extensive and long-running Cold War projects, the FBI had its own code word for the project: Stage. Uh, Washed Up had two phases. The first and more urgent phase was the stay-behind agent program. The second was a parallel effort to create a standby pool of civilian operatives in Alaska trained to clandestinely arrange for the evacuation of downed military air crews in danger of being captured by the Soviet forces. This, quote, evasion and escape plan was coordinated with the CIA. Surprise, surprise. So uh, the agents also got extensive training in coding and decoding messages, but this apparently did not always go well. Learning these techniques was, quote, an almost impossible task for backwoodsmen to master in 15 hours of training, end quote, one document had said. Details in the document. Learn to code. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's got to be one of those. Okay, it's probably not as simple as just like a one-to-one cipher. It's got to be having, it's got to be. No, it's not a fucking decoder ring. Andy's decoder ring. (laughs) (laughs) No, you got me. Yeah, you got me. It's embarrassing. Um. Where did my beer go? Right here. Right. Oh. I'm more <laughs> oval to you. I don't think I'm doing this right. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, okay, so the agents were trained separately from one another, being left unaware of others' identities. So in the event of capture or corruption, no other agents would be compromised. In addition to this, the agents' training includes simple methods of coding, observation and communication, scouting and patrolling, airdrop and pickup techniques. <laughs> they were teaching to pick up artistry. Oh, God. <laughs> They learned how to nag. <laughs> Nagging, peacocking, you know, the works. Oh my god. They're hypnotizing people in the field. 
<laughs> How quickly do you think it's spread through just bars of like, hey, uh, I shouldn't tell you this. I should check. Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm like a secret agent. Yes. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah. "Wait, you, man? <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm basically a spy. Hell yeah! Oh my god! Wait, you know about that Operation Wash Tub too? <laughs> <laughs> Operation Tub Girl is what he called me. Wash Tub. They told me it was Capo. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, they, there's no oh, way. Oh, yeah, they'll be bringing it as the first chance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like, it's a, such a lowly populated state. Like, yeah, yeah, they were talking to each other in bars immediately. Yeah. yeah. Drinks get flowing. Because, like, everyone knew and they were having, like, well, we'll. Yes. Now that we know, we'll have secret meetings. Yeah, the minute my dad gets drunk, he tries to get me to take steroids. Like, that's where his, bro- I, swear, I swear to God, I swear to God, because he used to take steroids, and he's like, you know, it ain't that bad. Like, you're going to be able to lift more than you ever thought you could lift. So I feel like... You should just tell him, be like, I'm scared about my balls shrinking. <laughs> oh All right, so they were learning airdrop and pickup techniques, close combat, and Russian uniforms and equipment. Oh, yeah, so I guess they had to learn Russian uniforms to identify them. They had to learn Russian equipment in case they picked up any off of some soldiers. So in order to fulfill the primary objective of this operation, the covert collection of intelligence information in the Alaskan territory, the agents were also interested in military information and any intelligence that they deemed to be important. For coordination between the leaders of the operation and its agents, there were administrator liaisons for the agents to contact. Their equipment was located in pre-staged areas, hidden in caves, perched above the frozen tundra, tucked away within the trees, were buried underground. Inside these supply caches were weapons like a small caliber automatic pistol, quote, fitted with a maximum type silencer, um, and a 30 6 semi-automatic rifle with a telescopic sight. The equipment included 150 feet of climbing rope with crampons and pitons, snowshoes, commercial skis, explosives to erase evidence of the cache, uh, $500 in gold or silver coins to use for bartering, and other survival equipment one would typically need in a freezing cold, snowy environment. I'm just picturing Boondock Saints when the guys are like, well, you know what? We should get some rope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need fucking rope for? I don't, they always have rope. <laughs> so I did look up what a crampon is because when I heard it, I just thought of a... Yeah, I hear... Yeah, yeah. we all think of the same thing. Okay. okay? So is that yeah. like a new, new tampon? <laughs> I, if I hear the word like tampon, tampon, I automatically think of cramps anyway. So it's like, it, it seemed yeah. like a word somebody made up, but... Cramp on, cramp off. <laughs> the cramper. <laughs> I feel like I've heard the term cramp on a hundred times in the past month, and I still don't know. It's a climbing apparatus. So a cramp on is okay. a hinged pair of curved iron bars for raising heavy objects such as stones or timber, a spiked iron or steel framework attached to the bottom of a shoe or boot to prevent slipping when walking or climbing on ice and snow, which is probably the version that was in there, or maybe it was a climbing version, I don't know, since they had rope, or an iron instrument fastened to the shoes of a storming party to assist them in climbing a rampart. So, and you can also just look up crampon okay. if you just Google it. Pictures of them come up. You'll see what I'm talking about. Just Google it, guys. Yeah, I just Googled Do it. Do your own research. It's basically like snowshoes, but with claws on it for climbing That's up ice, why... ice cliffs. Okay, so we're planning on moving up into the mountains with my parents. Um, you need some crampons. <laughs> so, so I've been reading about like, it's like, so the area they live, the zone is like a 4A. Uh, which is very, very cold. And then like the specific tiny little area they live in is like a is like a three 
B or something like it's so, so cold, like gets down to like negative 50. So, yeah. So we've been doing like research on how to how to survive <laughs> in the cold. And yeah, so that's why I've heard crampon so many times in the past month, oh, nice. because I'm like preparing to be a mountain, a mountain queen, baby. I will be tank girl. You will be, be badass. I mean, out of the two of you, who would be the more likely Operation Washtub recruit? Oh, 100%. Yeah, steroid girl. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) my dad tries to give me to take steroids. So, (laughs) here are the people that they chose for Operation Washtub. We'll get into the agents themselves. Yeah, it's a good segue. (laughs) Chuck Norris. The agents chosen for this operation needed to live locally, be able to move around, not be obvious targets for Russian invaders, and not be military personnel. The proposal specifically states that fishermen and bush pilots would make good candidates. The selection of agents from Eskimo and Aleut peoples was avoided due to intelligence figures' suspicions of their loyalties, with official documents stating, quote, their prime concern is with survival, and their allegiance would easily shift to any power in control, end quote. So you're telling me that these, like, oppressed, occupied people, like these indigenous people, are just concerned with survival? Why would that be? Like, they, they were doing fine, like, for how many thousands of years, they're just concerned about survival now? What happened? What changed? Like... What happened? <laughs> what did you do to them? <laughs> nah. No. It's like, it's like if your friend got bit by a snake. It's like, well, what did you do to the snake? Were you fucking with it? <laughs> what did you do to make a snake so angry that it almost killed you? But this next paragraph is very relevant. I'll finish the last sentence of this one, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. So locations for the agents were chosen for their strategic significance with particular interest in centers of transport and communication. Cities with known agents included Anchorage, Fairbanks, Palmer, Big Delta, and Cordova. Um, so here's the government being racist again. None of the indigenous population was included. The program founders believe that agents from the, quote, Eskimo, Indian, and Aleut groups in the territory should be avoided in view of their propensities to drink, to excess, and their fundamental indifference to constituted governments and political philosophies. Drink in excess? Yeah. They... I wonder who gave them alcohol. <laughs> The guys they're going after drink the most. The people, the guys that are like out in the middle of fucking nowhere, Alaska, that are like just hunting and fishing. Like those, those guys all have. Yeah. Nah. I, I don't think that uh, the Alaskan wilderness is like prime opportunity to set up like moonshine stills and like distill alcohol. Like, where do they get that alcohol so that they have a propensity to drink? <laughs> I just think it's funny that they basically say that we can't recruit these people because they're just too cool. Like, they like to drink too much, and they're, they're <laughs> indifferent to constituted governments and political philosophies. Like, oh, so they're not assholes. Like, Listen, these people fuck. They don't <laughs> want to do this shit, because they're fucking, okay? So they finished that off by saying, it is pointed out that their prime concern is with survival, and their allegiance would easily shift to any power and control, like I said. Okay, so recruiters pitched patriotism, and were to offer retainer fees of up to $3,000 a year, which was nearly $30,000 in 2014 dollars. What's that? So I looked it up for in 2021 money. That is uh, $31,524 a year. I'm surprised it only went up that little since 2014, but whatever. Huh. Yeah. So it went up 10 times from 1950 to 19 or to 2014. Yeah. Still not a great wage for being a fucking spy. But I mean, yeah. the whole, I guess yeah. the whole idea is that they were still doing whatever they were doing. Like they went after guys who like own small businesses and like, we'll see, we'll get into some of the particular agents, but they went after like these outdoorsmen 
you know, those uh, rugged survivor type guys. So I'm sure they all had some kind of income or they're just living on the land. Like they're just trapping and catching. But they didn't even like give them like Walter PPKs and like exploding pens and like invisible cars and shit. You know what I mean? Well, they like did the give cool them, they gave a pistol with a, uh, well, they gave them a silence pistol and a 30 out six with a scope. They're just not bad. Oh, yeah, they keep that in like a fucking stash. Oh, yeah, it's it's not like they could just drive around in like a invisible Audi. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're doing now. Although I would do that for 30K easily. Oh, yeah. I'm saying, you give me some free guns and I'm in the wilderness. Like, you really going to keep tabs on me well enough that you think yeah. I'm going to do your shit? Give me those free guns. Oh, that's true. Did anyone, like, just peace out and be like, nope? I think there were some, there may have been some rogue ones. I can't remember what I included in here. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, I, I mean, if we quit derailing him, we could probably get to nah. it. But that doesn't sound fun at all. No, I want this to be six, six hours at least. But yeah. that, that sum was to be doubled. Money's worth. Sorry, it's behind the paywall. What? <laughs> <laughs> we gotta give people their money's worth. It's behind Hell the paywall. Yeah. Four hour yeah. episodes. This is what they're. This is what yeah, they're here for. They want four hour yeah. episodes. So people want. You're saying it's thirty-one thousand dollars, but that sum was to be doubled. Quote: After an invasion has commenced, according to one planning document. The records did not say how much was actually paid during the course of the program. So these guys might have just gotten the shaft to begin with. We don't even know. Mm, I'm gonna get a shitty Corona. Say like sixty thousand dollars is still not enough for me to do spy shit when it's like in hostile territory. Great, I might just be like a hard left fucking commie, but yeah. it's like eh, give me a little bit more cash. Where's Ward? You know? I defected again. <laughs> defected <Yeah>. again. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so at least some recruits were fingerprinted, and all were secretly screened by the FBI for signs of disloyalty. Uh, the FBI linked one candidate, a resident of Stony River, to a list of names in a 1943 bureau file on, quote, Communist Party Activities Alaska that tracked U.S. subscribers to a, to a magazine called Soviet Russia Today. Another candidate was flagged, falsely it turned out, as a likely communist sim- sympathizer based on an FBI informant's tip about membership in the Tom Paine Club, Communist Party, Spokane, Washington. So one was described in a May 1952 OSI memo to the FBI office in Anchorage as the postmaster in Kiana, Alaska. Another was manager of a hotel in Valdez. One agent candidate worked for a tin mining company at Lost River on the Seward Peninsula, one of the higher priority areas for placing, quote, washtub, stay-behind agents. So the FBI tapped its local contacts, including federal judges, the head of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service in Anchorage, an Anchorage physician, and others for names of reliable Alaskans to be approached. Among those listed as a stay-behind agent was Dighton Ab Gilliland of Cooper Landing, a community on the Kenai Peninsula south of Anchorage. A well-known bush pilot, Gilliland died in a plane crash on Montauk Island in Prince William Sound in May 1955 at age 45. FBI records. <laughs> uh, what, is the, what is the saying on all the things? Is it like, get fucked, bozo? Rip Bo- I think it's just R.I.P. Bozo. Wait, who, who says bozo anymore? It's, it's a I meme. love bozo. <laughs> Uh, FBI records say he spent 12 days in Washington, D.C. In June, in, in June to July 1951, undergoing a range of specialized training, including the use of parachutes. Well, obviously didn't help with that fucking plane crash, <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> the unclassified records estimate the average age for an, for an agent was 50 years old. Most of their names remain redacted, including one agent who formerly worked for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife <laughs> Service and another who was a dockman for Northern Stevedoring Company. 
the most famous name. When, wait, when did this happen? <laughs> this was I know the, that you said this. Like, they're from 1 to 59. Yeah, early, like okay, 50s. and they're getting 50-year-olds? Yeah. yeah. That's like 100. Um, That's like 100 was, back in the 50s. Yeah. I wish there was, there was an invasion. And just to see what these fucking idiots would do. Just a bay of pigs, yeah. but extended to the entire state of Alaska. Like, <laughs> hey, oh here's this 100 foot of rope, and these motherfuckers can't climb any of it. Oh my god. <laughs> These people are scary, though. My my dad tells me. So my dad lived in in Anchorage and Fairbanks mm-hmm. um, whenever he was little. But he tells me stories about Alaska people. They're fucking scary. They're scary. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. So there's one story that his his guide, his boyfriend, who takes him out on these like oh, adventures. Yeah, it's truly I like I don't I don't know if my dad is like actually attracted to this guy, but I think he would be okay saying that like he at least has like a man crush on this guy. <laughs> this guy is a beast. The guy that takes him out like in the wilderness. <laughs> that does sound very gay. Yeah. And you know what if it is? Good for my dad. Bad for my mom, but good for yeah. my dad. Um but okay, so this guy is like a guide in Alaska Mm -hmm. and he's been doing it like his whole life, like his whole life. He's just like being a guide and it's like super hard work. And his dad taught him like all of this stuff and they just like live off the land. And he was telling a story about like the first bear he ever killed. Mm -hmm. And he was saying whenever his dad would take people out, like his dad was a guide and would take them out. And it was like, you know, when you shoot something, if a bear is there, you have to, like, it's you and the bear now. The bear sees you as a threat, so, like, you have to kill the bear. Jesus. And most people, they think that they're going to be fine, but once that bear charges at you, they, like, don't know what to do because your instincts take over. And so he usually has to, like, end up shooting the bear for these people while the bear is, like, lunging at you. Jesus. And so it, so this guy was telling the story of when he was a kid. He was, like, 11 years old, and he killed something. And so his dad was like... Now, when we get up on that bear, you like you have to shoot him. I'm not going to do it for you. You have to shoot him or he's going to kill you. And so he said he gets up on the bear and he sees it and he feels his dad's hand like on the back of his shirt. Like you're not moving because he because he said like most people just their instinct is to just run. So he said his dad, he felt his hand just hold him there. And then he said, sure enough, like the bear turned, saw him and just fucking charged at him just like came right up to him but he was like and then i shot him and and it was all good yeah. but like they're no joke they are scary people they probably couldn't take on the soviets but they yeah, are like so what <laughs> i've always heard like they're legit especially like people that live in alaska is like they're either running from something or running to something and the majority of people that live in alaska are running from something so they're like fugitives some kind of criminals you know so like Alaska's kind of our like weird northern winter wilderness Australia. You yeah, know, like that makes sense. And so like but like you what you were saying about the bears, like I've heard from a lot of stories from like um hunters that like hunt in Alaska. It's to the point I probably back then too cuz bears are pretty fucking smart. Basically like if you're hunting in Alaska, as soon as that gunshot goes off, that's basically like a dinner bell for bears because yeah. bears just instantly know hey yep. something's dead i can go get food and yep. so you're going to end up dealing with the bear yeah 
That's what this guy was saying. I don't think my dad's ever had to deal with a bear. Although, whenever I ask him about it, he's like, oh, that, that'd be the best way to go. I'd be fine getting eaten by a bear. And I'm like, what are you talking about? My dad... I saw Revenant, man. I saw that movie that was like two and a half hours of heavy breathing. Like, I saw that shit. And that didn't look like a good way to go. Yeah. He, like, that's like his, like, if he's going to go, that's like his dream way to go. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. And that's why this guy, like, knew that a bear was going to be there. And I don't know why, why that isn't true for where my dad's at. Maybe it's because they're up so far. Yeah. And like they're sheep Maybe. hunting, yeah. It's yeah, possible. But... I still like the whole uh, "I can't quit you" thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you should it... take steroids, but uh, also, <laughs> dudes. He, uh, I, my dad's not very shy about like his man crushes. He loves Schwarzenegger. I'm pretty sure he has a big crush on The Rock. He watches rock movies a lot. Yeah. Um, well, there's like a shit ton yeah. of them because that dude takes any fucking casting he role. Does. Yeah, ever. He does. I mean, I really My like Jungle Cruise. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's pretty good. Jungle Cruise. My God, my dad watches Hobbs and Shaw all the time. Yeah. He has like three movies that he watches all the time: Men in Black, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Men in Black's a weird one, one, but okay. One of the new Jumanjis. Oh, he does love Jumanji, the newer one. Yeah. All right, let me me try and get this back on the rails here. (laughs) No, let's talk about some movies my dad likes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so the most famous name that was rumored to play a part in the classified mission was Bob Reeve, a historic glacier bush pilot who was considered one of Alaska's most accomplished pilots. Let's see. Bob Reeve pioneered glacier flying and proved the airplane offered a key to the future of Alaska, said Jimmy Doolittle. The mastermind behind the World War II Doolittle's raid. Dr. Doolittle, the famous Dr. Doolittle. Of course, yes. Where they used uh, armed dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> when I was reading about this earlier, when he was like, oh, Bob Reeve was the one who figured out that the plane is the future to Alaska. And it's like, who fucking future? Yeah. You know what I mean? White man's future? Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what they mean. No, that's the like, yeah, natives that's were there for fucking thousands of years and they had no fucking problem. Yeah, but they weren't drilling for yeah. oil. Lord. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not enough. I'm not capitalist enough to get that. Yeah, sorry. Think, think of the capitalists, Ward. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, those poor, poor capitalists. <laughs> Quote, he learned the hard way about flying in the below zero weather, and he shared his secrets with the military and brother commercial pilots. He risked everything he owned many times to drop supplies to stranded miners or to go in and get them out when they were hurt and needed a doctor and there was no other way. Bob shrugged off the heroics and told them that it was all in a day's work. Maybe it was, but in those days, every flight Bob made was an aviation milestone and in some important way influenced the history of Alaska, according to that same guy, Jimmy Doolittle. They may, he makes him sound like a hero. Yeah, so that just goes to show that you could be a good person, but just completely misguided by ideology. Mm-hmm. Like, That's, dude yeah. fucking saves fucking people, but yeah, I'm going to give all these secrets to the fucking U.S. military. Right. That seems like a good idea. So... Bob Reeve was one of the most accomplished glacier pilots, as I said, and bush pilots were the perfect prospects for the covert stay-behind program because they had reasoning for being in remote areas. The FBI suggested agents should be trained and to assume cover stories with pretext and deception. The agents were flown into Seattle for training and were given instruction on encoding and decoding messages, surreptitious photography, methods of interrogation and recruitment of informants, and the necessary skills to lead a guerrilla force in the remote winter climates they lived in. The initial pool of potential agents numbered as high as 40,000, according to the FBI documents, although only 89 were believed to be selected. So, Ward, from that first episode where Caitlin and Cullen joined us and you said you have, like, 
a collection of manuals for guerrilla style fighting like this yes. would be a good one to find <laughs> oh yeah i'm just really hoping so mao zedong's text on guerrilla warfare mm. is an actual like verbatim military like instruction and that's what i'm just hoping that they gave these guys it's just the mousy dumb thing. They just gave a little red book. <laughs> yeah, because like literally, like you can just Google it. There's a whole army military document that just verbatim text of Mousy Dung's thoughts on guerrilla warfare. I think it's also on Marxist.org, right? Probably. Probably is. Uh, so since the Soviet Union never went through with potential plans to invade the mainland United States, the operation came to a close in nineteen fifty nine. Although the operation has since been declassified, there are still many unanswered questions as to the identities of the agents who selflessly stepped up when their country asked them to. You tell some of these articles I ripped these from are not, uh, they're pretty yeah. beyond lit. Yeah. <laughs> so the, <laughs> so the covert cadre of stablehide agents, as they were known, was never activated to collect and report wartime information from backwoods bunkers. It was an assignment that federal officials acknowledged to each other, if not to the new agents, was highly dangerous given that the Soviet Union's military doctrine called for the elimination of local resistance in occupied territory. Based. Yeah, based. To compensate for expected casualties, a reserve pool of agents was to be held outside of Alaska and inserted by air later as short-term replacements. This assignment was seen as easier to sell to potential recruits because, quote, some agents might not be too enthusiastic about being left behind in enemy-occupied areas for indefinite period of time. One planning document noted dryly. Well, I mean, yeah. I can't really blame him. I wouldn't want to be abandoned. No. <laughs> uh, Wash tub was crafted in painstaking detail, but just as the first trained agents were to be put in place in September 1951, Hoover pulled out. Uh, Hoover was known for pulling out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you made a joke. I was like, don't do it. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing, Caitlin. I was like, don't make a pull out joke. Don't do it. I get to do it because I'm the one who's reading. <laughs> Um, leaving it in OSI's hands. Mike always gets the pull out because <laughs> I don't pull out in real life. Mike, stop derailing the podcast. <laughs> um, I got the most kids on the podcast, on all podcasts. <laughs> You're not the pull out king. No. That pull out king. I'm, I'm the stay in king. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised you can get out of your draft lane with your pullout game being so weak. Oh Call it a vasectomy, so it's yeah. undetermined. So he's a good stand brother. <laughs> I'm debating it at this point, you know, pending climate collapse. You know, it's like I got one. I don't know if I want to deal with another one coming in yeah. on the edge of climate collapse. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. I, we talked about on our first date that we didn't want kids. I've just never. Big surprise to everyone. I don't have a motherly instinct in my body. Um, I do towards animals, just not towards humans. I think steroids could help with that. Yeah. (laughs) My dad's always saying that. My dad does, like, he's devastated. He's not getting grandkids because my brother's, like, a huge fuck up. He's a libertarian, so he's never going to find anyone to fuck up. Yeah. And he's going to be caught on Chris Hansen pretty soon. These girls just look older. I mean, they just look older now. Oh, oh my god, what was that fucking clip that Jaren sent? Like that. Thank god. That, that fucking puddle of mud song or whatever the fuck, where it's like, I hate when I hit on a girl, but she like find out she's like oh, 13 yes. or some shit. Yes, it was, oh my god, it was like, rip off Bud Rock. It was, 
It was so good. That in. I will. I remember Wait, that it used to be a popular song. No, oh, it didn't. No. God. That was a popular song for a bit. Lord, <laughs> okay. Uh, not with me, but Maybe with the military. Do like. <laughs> <laughs> That's just right up there. Oh that in fucking God. drowning pool. Yeah, bro, we let the bodies hit the floor, bro. In drowning pool. God. Um, no, my brother, he just I just want to clarify, he doesn't like he doesn't like young girls. I don't he doesn't like anyone. He's just a big just fucking asshole. Um so anyways, my dad's not getting grandkids, but uh but yeah, I got to watch Cullen get snipped. It was wild. It was wild, you guys. By the way, I wanted to mention to you, uh, Caitlin, since I listened to one of your recent episodes, this is like a month ago I even heard this. Oh. Um, no, yeah, we haven't put one out. We're, we still have to edit yours um, that we recorded six months ago. All right. So I found the fucking song. It's Theory of a Dead Man, I Hate My Life. And the lyric goes, I hate that I can't tell when a girl's underage. You know, I tell her she's a nice piece of ass, and then her daddy punches me in the face. if a girl's underage by literally just talking to her yep. so yes. that argument is not true i fucking hate that argument dude this song is like perfect libertarian song it should very oh, yeah. much happen before yeah. you get to the point of saying that she's a nice piece of ass like maybe that conversation Under- not that yeah. don't uh just come out the gate with that one you know just follow the one. right order of operations that problem would be avoided yep yep uh yep. why do we even mention oh okay so getting back to um Hoover's pullout game. Wait, being strong. Yeah, getting back to Caitlin's libertarian uh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say what, Caitlin? Sorry. You were like, I wanted to ask you something. I know. I just wanted to tell you something about your recent one of your recent episodes. Oh. Is that you were very surprised that like Cullen and Zach have uh, not seen each, seen each other's dicks. Yes, after being friends. With... I've had friends since the fifth, since the fifth grade. No, I show I everyone I meet. My me and my buddy, I've been friends with him since third grade. Never seen his dick. He's never seen mine. No occasion. I hate that. No reason. I hate that so Why much. Why would we? Like, the thing is, because okay. we skinny dip with Zach, we skinny dip with Zach like a hundred fucking times. Oh, no, we've never done that. Sorry. I'll interject. Um, yeah, I get drunk a lot and show my balls and dick. It's, it happens. Oh, yeah. We have a friend. We have a friend. Same because I have a weird nipple. But yeah. we have a friend, David, who like I feel like it's pretty normal to like pull your tits out for girls to pull your tits out. But but like it's it's if a not, little it less be, normal. <laughs> it's a little less normal. Yeah, for... Like I, I pee in public places a lot when I'm drunk, so like my friends eventually see my junk. Yes! And like my best friend, he's very proud of the fact that we've been friends for like a decade, and he's never seen my dick or balls. And I constantly tease him about it. It's like, <laughs> is this? You're not gonna expect it. And so anytime he's hanging out with me, he's just like on edge. <laughs> Well, we said we we're gonna show each other our junk like on our deathbed. That'll be the last thing that we. No, it's like not the time you want to show it though. It's not the time show us still proud, you know. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I found out how to quit you. That's that's what I'm saying. Like when you're like 50 or 60, you're not gonna want to be showing your dick off all the time, okay? 
So you oh, got it. Okay, so I think I figured it out. That is the real secret sauce to Operation Wash Tub. You're showing <laughs> your fellow secret spy your junk in a bathtub. You know, rub a dub dub three men in a tub style. Hell yeah, they're all doing That's it. That's how you I catch your vanity syndrome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was my attempt at a segue. Rubbing your dicks right, together. So, so Hoover's pull out game. Shannon's the best segue <laughs> of all time. So get ready. She's very good. Oh, at I can't it. wait. She has to be. I mean, I have, like I said, I've never, I think I've in the one episode where she was there. And I just have listened to so much of the Now Showdown podcast and your show. And Shannon's just great. Like, she'll be a perfect fit. I can already tell. So. She's she's so she's so good because she can be like she keeps the show like on the rails whenever everybody else is acting like a fucking idiot. Mm. But then she's so witty and like comes up with the crazy like stuff. Like if we ever need any sort of um, like puns or something, mm. we ask Shannon because she comes up with stuff right away. That's like, what the fuck? How does your brain work <laughs> like that? She's amazing. She's a great podcaster. So back to Hoover's pullout game. So Hoover pulled out leaving the operation in OSI's hands. Even though one month earlier, his top lieutenants had advised him, the FBI was, quote, in these programs neck deep, with, quote, an obvious and inescapable duty to proceed. Yeah, they were in there. They were way deep in. They were he did <laughs> neck deep in pull-out game. He pulled out. Got it. Too deep in. So according to Wikipedia, uh, this is just another, a Wikipedia's version of that same pull-out. The FBI, quote, abruptly ended its involvement in September of 1951, for reasons which do not appear in declassified FBI. Oh, no, this is, this is when the FBI discontinued their involvement in the program. So this is early. This is in the 50 and 51. What are you talking about? Like, I found that this operation went from 1951 to 1959. It did, but not with the, the FBI. FBI. The FBI pulled, pulled out of it in 51. Yeah, like immediately. Yeah. They pulled the fuck out. Yeah. Like, the first year of the operation, they're like, nah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> the clock game is now. So that's why this was just a CIA and OSI, like OSI being part of the Air Force. It was just between the two of them. Correspondence stated to that time period, this is in 51 when the FBI pulled out. Correspondence stated to that, to that time period would indicate that Director Hoover directly ordered the FBI to, quote, get out at once, fearing humiliation for the agency should an invasion occur. This meant that almost the entirety of the, op- of the operation's realization was carried out by the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. So Hoover, I guess, to his credit, was at least smart enough to realize that should the, Rus- the Ruskies actually try to invade through Alaska, that we were going to get fucking owned with all these yeah, 50-year-old bearded be guys so uh, and their hunting God. rifles up against these highly trained Soviet soldiers oh. and Ludmila Pavlichenko or whatever. Like, Oh, Lady Death. <gasps> Dude, oh I God. love that fucking meme that was uh, that's been going around lately, where it's like she would shoot like Nazis in the stomach and then wait for somebody to come help them and oh, then yeah, shoot dude. them both. Oh, <laughs> it's like, so you're telling me she would shoot a Nazi and then a libertarian? <laughs> exactly. Incredible. So great. So Hoover says, if a crisis arose, we would be in the midst of another Pearl Harbor and get part of the blame. Who wrote in the margin of a September 6, 1951 memo from an aide to whom Hoover added one final order, quote, get out at once. Three years later, Hoover was pulled back in briefly. Uh, so it's Paul game. Not quite that strong, I guess. <laughs> uh, in October 1954, an envelope and a typewritten letter containing a coded message were turned over to the FBI by a woman in Anchorage. It had been misaddressed by the anonymous sender in Fairbanks. Espionage was suspected, triggering flurries of, F- of FBI internal memos. Hoover was informed that the bureau that bureau codebreakers were urgently trying to decipher the message. They never broke the code, but eventually declared the crisis over. The mystery message, they determined, was not from an enemy spy, 
it was a quote practice message sent errantly by one of the washed up agents. So after, after just failing, they're just like, oh, it's all fine. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, these 50-year-old Bushmen who were born in, like, the early 1900s. Yeah, there's super superior code breakers, you know, sending their bullshit fucking messages that sent all fucking alarms in D.C. God, that makes me a little sad. I feel a little bad. I feel a little bad for them. I know I should, but it makes me a little sad that, like, you know, it's just these guys... And they're trying to do something, and they think it's, like, good, and they're, like, these cool, like, powerful guys, and then they just aren't. And we all know they aren't, but... Uh. Learn to code, bro. I don't, know, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. You can't just write wink, wink after everything. This is a hell of a one to start with. I just thought it was particularly appropriate because of, given, like, your dad's associations and the things that he's into. But it is a very anticlimactic operation. Like, it, nothing happened, obviously. So they trained a bunch of yeah. dudes. They left some caches of, like, random guns and survival equipment around places in Alaska that people... So I guess this is actually appropriate that we're getting to this last session here. So at the end of the operation, there were a total of 89 agents, presumably being placed in the various regions provided in the official document. Agents named into classified documents included Dayton Ab Gillard, another guy named Guy Raymond, Ira Weissner, and most notably Bob Brief. Ultimately, the operation ended due to the cost of maintaining the agent's funds and the cost of supplying the caches in the unbearable weather. Uh, Deborah Kidwell, who is an official military historian of the OSI, comments that the caches were turned into survival caches. So, uh, like I said, it operated from 1951 to 59, according to Kidwell. She wrote, quote, yeah, what's that? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, those uh, nuclear programs, real expensive, but uh, $30,000 a year for these spies. It's just too, too much. Well, they got 89 of them, and then they also got to pay to keep up. Because, again, I guess they were just having to replace these caches so often, and there's so many of them that they got to like, keep, you know, the rifle gets just frozen. I'm just, pi- I'm just picturing those fucking Bushmen just, like, taking this shit of and course, be like, dude, I don't know course. what happened, man. <laughs> like, shit just disappeared. I need another 30-odd six. A fucking bear got into it. Tell us something scope. Crampons are on. <laughs> uh, so she says, uh, Deborah Kidwell says, quote, while World War with the Soviet Union did not come to Alaska, OSI trained 89 Stein agents, and the survival caches served peacetime purposes for many years to come. Uh, she wrote in, a, in an OSI magazine last year. So she's a totally objective source. But with the benefit of hindsight... Yeah. It would be easy to dismiss Washtub as a harebrained scheme born of paranoia. In fact, it reflected genuine worry about Soviet intentions and a sense of U.S. vulnerability in a turbulent post-World War II period. This account of the Washtub project is based on hundreds of pages of formerly secret documents. The heavily censored records were provided to the Associated Press by the Government Attic, a website that publishes government documents it obtained through the Freedom of Information Act. And many agent names in the OSI and FBI documents also were removed before being declassified. And then we can finally wrap it up by just talking about, briefly, the other Operation Washed Up. So now if you Google Operation Washed Up, two things will come up. The, what I just described, and then the actual Operation Washed Up, that, at least... Uh, it's Lemon Party. The, the one that I started researching for right. like a couple paragraphs on Wikipedia before I checked the show notes and realized, oh, this one. This is the wrong Operation Washed Up. <laughs> So Operation Washed Up solidifies my opinion that it should have been Operation Capote. Yes, Capote. Yeah, yeah. Decidedly better. But this was the 50s. Yeah, way fucking better. Yeah, let's start a petition. A change.org petition. (laughs) Yeah, change.org. Hey, you need to retroactively rename this operation. Operation Capote. Uh, One, because it just sounds better. It sounds better. (laughs) 
And two, it didn't work because you guys were hurting a bunch of bushmen, much like hurting cats. <laughs> Lame. That was a dad joke. That's real. That's real. No, I would say that's pretty accurate. It's, it's accurate. It's super. Accurate. It's dad, but it's accurate. Okay, I'll give it to you. Leave it in. So the other- you better leave it in. <laughs> No, I'm twice. How much of this ridiculous shit so far in this episode are you gonna leave it? And that's the thing you're gonna cut? Yeah, I cut all kinds yeah. of shit. People what have no idea what lands on the cutting room floor. I know, that's why I listen to the episodes. One, because I don't know what gets cut. And two, no, 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 no. See, because you gotta listen to two. Is two, I'm so drunk on every episode. I gotta re-listen to make sure okay. what I said was okay. accurate. And not just absolutely ridiculous, because okay. I don't remember me saying it half the time. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the stupid shit I say, I'll, lis- I'll listen to, and then I'll ask Colin, and he'll be like, no, 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 that made sense. <laughs> Even though it doesn't, and then I'll justify it in my head and be like, yeah, it did make sense. <laughs> <It> did. <laughs> I'm going to compartmentalize that in the make sense column. <laughs> you could do, after Ward's joke, you could do what Colin does after his jokes, where you just add in, like... An audience of clapping and laughing people. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> oh my god, we should totally do that on our podcast when it's just <laughs> shitty <laughs> jokes, just yeah. adding like the <laughs> studio <laughs> audience. Okay, I mean, Shannon said somewhere in, the, in another chat, like she she has a soundboard program that she w- got working very well, so we can get that. Yeah, her soundboard's too. great. That would be amazing. She does it every. She does it all the time. Where like, yeah, somebody will say like a dumb joke and no one will laugh, and she'll click that and be like, "Oh yeah, I love it." <laughs> it's so good. Yes. <laughs> so the other Operation Washtub was a covert operation organized by the United States Central Intelligence Agency to plant a phony Soviet arms cache in Nicaragua. It was part of the CIA's effort to portray the administration of the Guatemalan president Jacobo Arbenz as having ties to the Soviet Union. Prior to the CIA-sponsored 1954 Guatemalan coup d'etat, which overthrew Arbenz later the same year. So on February 19, 1954, the CIA, working through the Guardia Nacional de, uh, Guardia Nacional de, de Nicaragua, planted a cache of Soviet-made arms on the Nicaraguan coast near the fishing village of Masachapa, to be, quote, discovered weeks later by Rafael Lola, a lieutenant in the Nicaraguan army and fisherman in the pay of Nicaraguan President Anastasio Somoza Garcia. The CIA also wished, to dis- also wished to dispose of the weapons, which were to have been used by Carlos Castillo Armas, and were therefore incriminating to the CIA. On May 7, 1954, President Somoza told reporters at a press conference that a Soviet submarine had been photographed, but that no prints or negatives were available. Funny how that worked. The suit presented to the press was embroidered with the involvement of Guatemalan assassination squads. Somoza was supposed to convince the public that the arms had been intended for Guatemala. The press and the public were skeptical, and the story did not get much press. However, the story became part of the Nicaraguan local legends until the 1979 revolution. So the U.S. gets these Soviet weapons, plants them somewhere, quote-unquote, find them, and the people that are on the payroll of the U.S. and everything. And, of course, you know, this is all involved in throwing over Jacobo Arbenz in Guatemala, and it also involves the Somoza regime. It's like everything we've been talking about for a long time now. And then we just happen to stumble upon Operation Washtub and then find this other Operation Washtub. Yeah, and time to derail, uh, Caleb, my one of my favorite things talking to fans of the podcast is the criticism of Mike's attempts at pronouncing Spanish names <laughs> in Spanish words. Which, like, nobody has ever said anything to me. Like, not one, no, not say it to you. I just made fun of you behind your back. <laughs> I think we need an Operation Rosetta Stone on 
<laughs> yes, please. I mean, I I said so many times how white I am. Like, I don't know how to explain it otherwise. I was yeah. gonna make fun of you, but, but like, none of them bring head. it to your face, which is great. They just like oh, DM me on Discord and Instagram <laughs> about it. But, like the real fans, like they'll like the hardcore like Patreon fans, like they'll come out and be like. Hey, you guys fucked up on the pronunciation of Deng Xiaoping <laughs> and like, shit like that. Yeah. But like, when it comes to the Spanish pronunciations, they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want to make Mike feel bad. Oh. <laughs> well, you, you really can't make me feel bad, like, because I know that I'm doing it badly. Like, I just, I'm well aware. Trust me. Like, if I was, if I was in your shoes, oh, so embarrassing, so embarrassing. I would make fun of myself first before anyone else could. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. like I already lived in Puerto Rico for seven years, and he could just like ask me to try to pronounce these things, but he just like, no, no, no you could, he's got it. You get, you get what I'm saying, though. Like, or did you say you lived in Puerto Rico for seven years? Yeah, my dad lived in Puerto Rico. I can't quit him. <laughs> I can't quit him because I can't stop talking about my dad. But he did. He lived in Puerto Rico. Okay. No, this of all episodes is the one to talk about your dad on. This is what I was hoping for. Yeah, that's yeah, true. This, this I do is, like honestly, this is ideal material for it. <laughs> that and we could just keep derailing because I know there's like one more paragraph of notes. I keep eyeballing it, and we just well, can't no, let no, Mike I was, finish. I was going to say we just bounce back. Mike, excuse me, I'm talking. Especially <laughs> we just keep talking back and forth and don't let any room for Mike to interject. He can't continue with the episode. We can just keep this. Yeah, what is he gonna do? Let's all shut up. As he starts to talk, we'll start. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What were you saying, Mike? That's it. I was, was going to skip. Caitlin. Okay. No, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Wasn't there an operation? So glad I joined tonight. <laughs> wasn't there an operation PB success? That was the thing that they did in Cuba, right? Oh uh, what? An operation. What you just say? Operation PB success. I heard. I heard PP success, and I was like, "Are we going back to whatever fucking Hoover's pullout game?" That's what I heard. Did you say was it Operation PP success? Yeah, like Jim Butter. Yeah, no, no, no. I heard PP success, like maybe like the successor program to Midnight Climax. Well, so I mean, look at the first, the first line of the the last paragraph there. The operation received attention again during the attempts of the U.S. government to exploit the products of the Operation PB History, the CIA effort to gather intelligence from documents left in Guatemala after the 1954 coup by the government and the Communist Party. Yeah, I still heard PB success. Yeah, yeah. This is what you wanted to hear. Yes. Dude, we talked about pullout game for how long? (laughs) 20 minutes. It's only natural. Yeah. It's only Natchez. Mm-hmm. It's only Natchez. Uh, okay, so that's actually where it's one of the Caitlin's house. Your dad's in. Cool. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's not that good because me and Bryce are here, and my mom did not want kids. And so oh. when she got pregnant with me, wait, when she got pregnant with Bryce, she was like, "Sorry, I have boba in my mouth." But I feel like I can. I feel like we're all a family here. I can talk with boba. <laughs> Like, I had a couple other things to do tonight, but when I heard that Kate Lynn and Carl were going to I was like, oh, I'm fucking making it. This is Tuesday recording tonight. This will be doing it. I will fucking be here. For seal for Tuesdays. It feels so good. 
Oh my miss God. you guys so much. I know. Like, we really Mike being here is nice, but like I'm here for you guys. It's whatever. Yeah. Mike being here is fine. But yeah, like I guess we could use him. I don't know. It's yeah. like his podcast and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, like, is your, we is have your, a great time. Yeah. Uh is your Instagram like the ward the ward lolly Instagram? Oh, is that I, I stopped using anymore? that. I stopped using that a while ago because it got shadow banned and so many okay. fucking violations. So I, I figured I saw yeah. a couple things of you being like, <laughs> yeah, I was, Dude, I was trying to get banned for a while, like purposely trying to get banned. And then this That's asshole, Mike, fucking beat me to it. He oh, wasn't even trying. What's that? Like his main account got deactivated. Holy like, he shit. He wasn't even trying. I was actively trying to like get my main account banned. And so now I'm just on the millennial leftist account. Okay, okay. I don't. I need to follow that on my regular account because I get it's, on. It's pretty Caitlin. sweet. It is good because I get on Caitlin Compod and then I see you, and I'm always like, gotta follow Ward on that one. And then I forget. I get so excited when I see like your notification, like, oh, they liked your post. I'm like, oh, oh, good, yeah, nice. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I I think everyone hates me in my head. I'm like, no, Caitlin, everybody, you're like everybody one of my favorite guests. Yeah, we should see <gasps> like that we've ever had on the podcast. When Ward and I got on here, we were like, um, he's looking for your name to give you the permissions to get into the voice chat. And he's like, oh, I'm looking for Jamie Lee's quarters. I'm like, no, Nicholas Cage. He's like, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I was Walt Disney on Facebook. I've told you this. I got so fucking good. kicked off Facebook. I know. Well, I wonder I why. <laughs> well, it's cause it's because I was on Socialist Rifle Association, like telling them it was during the Jason Stockley protests. Yeah, and don't I, be was so getting, libs. I was like <laughs> telling them I don't know, I was just on there commenting about something that was going on. And uh and I guess a bunch of like right wing people were just like, you know, fucking vultures like all over SRA and all those pages. And like just doing the easiest thing they could do. Latter day Tate. <laughs> That's so good. That's amazing. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's my new favorite. I, I've been using the Killing the Conspiracy Corners uh, Discord to just post all the best usernames that I find on Instagram. You guys gotta send me the link to the Discord. I never get on our Discord. Yeah. Holy it's, shit. It's mostly okay. just I me on it, talking about their episodes. Shit, I need to look at it. I had to. So I have Discord on this computer, which is my Sims gaming computer, and then on my iPad. And I had to take it off. I had to take Discord off my iPad just because I was like, I was on your all's Discord so much that it was just becoming a prop. Like I, every time a notification would pop up, I'm like, oh, got to check that out. And I was like, OK, I need to stop notifications yeah. on Discord. Yeah, we so have a, we have a solid community. That's you have just a very nonsense active. all the time. Yes. yes, it's very active. And so I was like, OK, I need to not be on Discord. But now I forget to check it at all. Um, so that's that. <laughs> so that's the story. That, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. I keep talking. I was so just talking about finish, how so I was, um, I've been using your Discord as a place to post all the funny user or Instagram usernames that I find since that's why <gasps> that's I didn't know you guys amazing. to begin with. But then also, but you were in the middle of saying something. I can't remember what though. Oh, just that I got reported on Facebook. They wanted a government issued fucking form of ID. To get back on Facebook. Mm. And I was like, are you kidding me? I don't like, care that much about Facebook. No, not at all. It was a relief to get off Facebook. We should have gotten a fake ID that said Walt we'll Disney just... on it. Dude, that would have <laughs> been amazing. Dude, my name, my legal name is Walt Disney. Yeah. Who the fuck do you think you are, <laughs> Facebook? 
I do really love the name Walt Disney a lot. I've thought about changing it to that on Instagram just because I like the name Walt. I feel like if I could change my name, that's what I would change it to. Solid name. Yeah, it's a good Especially name. Especially when the last name is Disney. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it adds a little bit of silliness to it, which I oh, like. Yeah. Walt makes me feel like an 80 year old man, which which I also like. And then Disney just is incredible. It just brings the age level back down. Like, <laughs> I, I hear Walt, I think, Breaking Girl Bad, life. but then Disney, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, this is a that's a spot. Lord. <laughs> I can't quit you. <laughs> Bill Killing Nurse was the only good one I came up with. That's a good one. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I yeah, I think Colin As we don't up. laugh much about it's it. Fun. No, it's not it's not a funny it's one. Fine. It's not it's, it's not meant okay. to be funny. It's like yeah. it's just a realistic one. That's just real life, baby. Um I think Colin came up with Nicholas Cage. So that's I stole that from him. Who pooped in our house? What is this, Alan? Barbara, did you have a little what? This is how the episode is going to end, is us talking to our pets. I was going to say, like, I was just going to do plugs and wrap it up there. Like like I said, it's a pretty anticlimactic operation. I just thought it was particularly relevant because of, like I said, Caitlin's dad's survivalist instinct and how familiar you are with that kind of type of person out in Alaska. Good way to just start off doing our series on CIA operations. And I couldn't think of better people to be doing it with than Caitlin Cullen from the Caitlin Subscription Corner podcast. So go ahead and plug that uh, for anybody who may not have heard of it or has is not already subscribing and is somehow a patron of ours. But go ahead and talk about it for a bit. Also, I love that. I know you told us to plug something. I'm going to do something different. But I love that you chose this. I feel like it is it is fitting because every one of these guys is, you know, my dad, mm-hmm. my daddy. Um. <laughs> hey, daddy. <laughs> Uh, no, but it just like it, it, that's kind of why it makes me sad is like, it's a bunch of older men that have like, that are trying to relive their glory days and the U S government is just like taking advantage of them. Not that they're like saints or anything, but, but like Ward was saying behind a lot of like shitty people are, or what you think of as shitty people are like people that try and do the right thing or think they're doing the right thing and are just kind of misled by this U.S. patriotism. Um, And so, yeah, it does. It makes me a little not to get sentimental, but it makes me a little sad that these people were like taken advantage of as much as like, I don't know, a white guy could be taken advantage of. But like just living out in the middle of nowhere, being taken advantage of sad a little bit. You know, it just feels like. You know, the the government just does shit like this all the time where they go, like, take advantage of people and, like, they're, um, you know, they, they're the ones to brainwash people yeah. into being patriotic and to, like, killing themselves for patriotism or killing themselves so they can, like, afford college and, you know, on and on and on, et cetera. But yeah. um, they, like, brainwash these people into being patriotic and then are like, here's here's how you can live out your dream of being a true patriot. And then just be like, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. It just it just feels a little shitty. I just feel bad a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, uh, we paid you all this money bad. and we gave you all this training, but um, yeah, you're just good luck now. You yes, know, we're done. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can't imagine those guys being like, too bummed about it because I think... My favorite point made in this That's entire true. episode was Cullen's about, like, really? You trust in these guys to not get, a, a, like, one beer in them and blab about this to everyone they know? Like, yeah, that 
<laughs> and these a lot of places yeah especially like homer's really small right and it's really really remote um i feel like there's only like there was probably only like 12 people and they would all go to the bar and just be like hey are you doing that yeah hell yeah you doing that or something <laughs> yeah yeah so so i'm sure that they like i'm feeling too bad for them because i'm two beers in but yeah uh, and even like those like hardcore like wilderness like individualist guys like they can only last so long like what was it there's the um, i can't remember exactly which tribe but like before they have to pull out yeah like before they got to pull out you know like this guy like he was like one of like nine tribesmen left i think it was like in the amazon and like they all went back to civilization because they're like dude we can't fucking do this he's like you know what fuck it, i'm gonna do it by myself and he was out in the wilderness absolutely alone for like seven eight years before he came back and he was like yeah fuck that shit man i hate being by myself yeah yeah a lot of people have the dream of being my dad definitely has a dream of being like totally alone um like not around anyone yeah i just want to go live out in the wilderness alone and mom's like great i just want to be with my cats in my house um so not to like you sound passive aggressive as shit okay but they're like perfectly fine saying that you know they're not like pissed at each other that's just how they are and i'm like what anyways um my my dad thinks I'm just remembering now what I meant to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to Caitlin right now because we're trying to keep derailing this episode. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is not your turn to speak. It's Caitlin's. Lizzie, you got to learn your place, Mike. <laughs> that made me sad that you just did like a sad thing. Oh, I can do all kinds of things. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, my favorite moment from one of the Nicaragua episodes was when I didn't know what a guayabera was, and I asked if it was the guy's hat. He said it was his shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, that's his shirt, bro. I don't know. I got like three in my closet. No idea, dude. <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin, go ahead. I love how that like lives rent free in your head, though. No, like. I think it was. <laughs> I have a good sense of humor about myself. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I I I love that moment. It was great. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy's pretending he's poor, but he's got a gua- nice guayabera on, and Mike's like. Is that his hat? Nah, man, that's his shirt. And I I said, I'm so white. And you were like, yeah, painfully. It was great, dude. Painfully. Comedic timing was just... It was so good. I wouldn't... If you said hat, I'd be like, fuck you. It sounds like a hat. It sounds like a hat. It sounds like a hat. (laughs) Yeah, man, that sounds like a hat. Did I tell you I'm a spy? (laughs) Hey, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, they teach you codes. I send codes in. I don't. They haven't written back to me, so I I think I messed up. <laughs> oh my god! I tell you what. Um, oh fuck! What was I saying? I know the listeners want to hear this story. I know they do. That's <sighs> what they paid for. You're talking about your parents. <laughs> story go, of my parents' go. dysfunctional marriage. Okay, okay, I'm ready. Okay, my dad, he says that he, like, wants to live out in the middle of nowhere, but when you see people who live by themselves in the middle of nowhere, that homestead by themselves, when you finally see them, they are not doing well. They don't look well, they don't act well. So, yeah, everyone thinks they can do that, but at least... It's into the wild shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I got this. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh my gosh, I had a house set for these people who lived out in the middle of nowhere when I was in high school. I was a horse. I was a horse girl, um, and so I was taking care right. of their horses. And uh, um, <laughs> I, it did give me like huge arms, so I'm thankful for that. But I think that's also genetics. But this is steroids, to be honest, and also because I'm on steroids. How tiny are your balls, Caitlin? Just be honest. <laughs> Balls are so tiny. I'm constantly screaming at Cullen. Um, But yeah, I lived. (laughs) My experience of being out in the wilderness was taking care of these people, people's house for like a week in high school. And I lost my fucking mind. I didn't have anyone around me. I lost my fucking mind. And I was like, I could never be a person. I always feel like a homebody and I want to be left alone except for Cullen. But I would not make it. I would not make it. Well, Colin's hot. Like, my balls are great. Huge, balls are huge. huge balls, <laughs> which is what everybody is looking for, yeah. especially all women. It's they not dick game; ball. it's ball game every it's time. Ball. <laughs> yeah. The tangent I wanted to go on just real quick was that I don't know if you guys happen to see it, but there was a documentary on Netflix I saw a while back of like the Bert in Bert's Bees, and how he he literally was that guy who lived in the woods. Like he had a like a Timothy McVeigh kind of cabin. He lived by himself and he said he would raise bees and he would like make tea on over an open fire, like over a wood stove in his little cabin. And he would read by candlelight until the sun went down and then he would go to bed and then he'd get up when the sun came up. And that was like his life just, and then he, he met this woman and he fell in love with her and she was like this capitalist, like she was way younger than him. He was just like this old, like old Rip Van Winkle looking dude. And he falls in love with her and she totally takes advantage of him. And he teaches her how to make like chapstick and all kinds of stuff and like whatever else you could use beeswax for. He teaches her how to do this with like these old iron tools he has laying around. And then she like turns it into this multi-million dollar company and cuts him out of all of it and he like dies in squalor. What? Yeah, dude. Oh, oh fuck. Well, now I feel bad about all this bird's bees <laughs> chapstick. He's holding like every flavor in his hand right now. It's not every flavor, okay, asshole? <laughs> But it's fucking close. <laughs> He's missing two. This has been a side hobby of mine for like the past couple months is going through and ranking every Burt's Bee flavor. I love that you call them flavors. Like you're eating. Well, he does. Oh, he takes a little you don't eat them. <laughs> you don't eat them by the mouthful? <laughs> uh, they're fancy push pops. Duh. That makes me really sad, and she, like, used his fucking picture. Mm-hmm. That makes me oh. so sad. I've been on this, like, uh. two-month journey through the flavors, uh, scents, <laughs> whatever the fuck you want to call them, of Burt's Bees. I was going to say we could do an episode on Pearl Burt, but I pretty much just summarized the whole story in about two minutes, and there's also oh. the documentary that you could just go fucking yeah, watch. it was super succinct, no. like... Poor guy. Yeah, I got like the whole One Punch Man S to F tier like ranking system for Bird's Bees are going on my phone right now. Mm. All right, let me. I gotta go eat. So let's try and wrap this up. And, or I mean, I could just fucking. That's fine. Me and Caitlin could just no, keep going. No, I, could, I could bounce yeah. and then you guys could just close it whenever you want. You know how to close, how to, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to close it. <laughs> you come back next Tuesday. Actually, no. Look, so, I, I am legit gonna go since I never do this. I never bounce early, but everybody else does, and I'm just gonna go. Yeah, I gotta. Oh yeah, well, bye. I also have to go to the bathroom okay, like yeah, really bad, but like Mr. No Fun. Oh. Dude, I, I went and pissed like five times during this episode. But I also am heavily drinking. Well, I'm also kind of excited to see what I'm going to like hear when I go to do the editing and I won't have, will have not heard this.
Okay, bye, Mike. Well, I'll see you guys. Bye, Mike. I'll see you next see you Tuesday. Thank you, thank you guys for coming on. I can't wait to do this again next Tuesday. Same. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm absolutely so ecstatic that we're doing this. Uh, Change up the plugs for me, too. Jim. Yeah, I got all the plugs. I've done it before. Thank you, buddy. All right, I'll see you guys later. Yeah, we got this. Right, bye. Mike. So, anyways, about Colin's giant balls and Caitlin's very tiny balls. <laughs> the romance made in full heaven. It's like yin and yang. The balls. I just want to state that Colin has very normal sized balls. Okay, listeners? No, do not listen to them. <laughs> Colin has the biggest balls you've ever seen. Okay? Like, have you seen, like, chihuahuas? Not teacup chihuahuas, like full size chihuahuas? That's like one. He got two of those he's just rocking with. Have you seen Cisco Adler's balls? What? No, but I'm gonna okay. Google it. Okay, you you have to. Okay, it was so Cisco Adler was like he's like a like rich kid in the era of like Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton, and he like started a music career. So like you know like all the rich kids were doing at that time. Like I don't know, 2004. Well, there was I'm a not picture. finding pictures of his balls though. You have to hunt because I had to hunt because I bring Take it up. the safe time. mode off. <laughs> I'm on DuckDuckGo. There's no safe mode. <laughs> so Cisco Adler, he has a oh, picture. What is this? Did you find it? He no, had it's this weird, like, Christmas card. You have to see. Was it like in Paris Hilton? No, I have this, like, oh, Christmas yes! card pulled up of, like, when- Cisco Adler Christmas balls. And there's two <laughs> testicles. With very sparse hair hanging from individual Christmas ornament hooks, like at the top of a Christmas ornament ball, you would imagine, like that metal crimping. I see what you're talking about. It came up. Yeah, I, that's what I'm finding. But I okay. need to find these balls. You need to find it in relation to his body because he has the longest balls. <laughs> the uh, longest balls? balls? Yeah, oh, I thought they were just looking for huge balls. I mean, they're but you're, they're so long. They are huge because they're so long that like it's not normal. It's so crazy. And like I, whenever I was like fourteen or whenever they came okay, out, let's I look up Cisco Adler like, testicles. I immediately was looking at them. So I've always had this picture in my head, and no one else, no right, one well, else. Now I got to switch to Google because maybe I'll find it on Google. Yeah, I, I everything is oh, like adult warning you know, content. What is this? Let me, uh... No, that is just mugshots. That's not what I'm looking for. (laughs) What the fuck is that? Uh, You have to show me his balls. Oh my god, I need his balls. We cannot end this episode without (laughs) finding these balls. balls. This is... Uh, Oh my god, God, I found it! (laughs) Holy fuck! Now describe it in full to the listener. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All right, let me open it in full instead of just like the little side preview on Google. Oh god, this web page is this web page is way too slow. Okay. <laughs> open link in new window. Let's try that. Nope. That keeps giving me the fucking web page. Yeah, I feel like a lot I, of these. I like how the description on this web page is Cisco Adler's Legendary four baby gerbils hibernating in two tube socks nuts. 
Did you just call gerbils gerbils? <laughs> what? I don't fucking know, man. I've been drinking. Anyways, back to these fucking balls. <laughs> All right, this so this says it's from 2007. Misha splits from Cisco over his saggy balls. <laughs> Dude, these are the saggiest. So I have this picture of him that's like in tile format where it's repeating images of the same pose of him and with a he's like very, very uh PowerPoint-esque long balls. Yes, his balls are massive. I can't exactly remember yeah. the picture, Huge but I know balls for sure. One leg is up, maybe. Yeah, one leg is up, posted yes. on this like coffee table, which yes. I'm assuming, if I zoomed in, were two lines of coke mm-hmm. next to a very tall glass of what I would soon to be rum and coke, <laughs> with also a Budweiser on the table. Um. White coffee table, foot up on it. Foot is encased in a tube sock, which is very fitting for this image, given the fact that it looks like his balls are the length of tube socks. Well, we uh, should ex- start our own podcast where we investigate celebrity <laughs> ball pictures. Yeah, like very light, light foliage of pubes at the yes. very uh, top base. Uh, he is taking care of those balls, you know, he's making yeah. sure. Um, no hair on the balls, no hair on shaft. Yeah. Um, I'd say judging by this image in comparison to the Budweiser can on the table, maybe four, four and a half inch soft penis. <laughs> with a very solid is he a grower or a shower we don't know we don't we don't know but what's important is we have about six to seven inches of ball oh, sack hanging awesome. down <laughs> and these testicles are large you guys are not gonna believe these balls the these huge balls they're the hugest balls, balls. They're the greatest balls you've ever seen. I've never no, seen any larger balls than these. Bigger than Cisco's. Dude, and so he's in this ridiculous pose. <laughs> okay, he let knows, me. He knows that his balls are huge, and he's owning it, and I'm okay with that. You know, Dude, these Go are. For him. If I, I had small <laughs> balls, I would get them out every second that I could, every chance I could, and it seems like old Cisco is doing that. Oh my god. So, just, okay, I gotta share this. Oh god, I lost, did I lose the picture of his balls? I have lost the picture of his balls. His giant balls! It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing! How great is this picture? Signed Paris Hilton. Oh, that's so good, god damn it. Those ball ornaments. <laughs> there are like a few sparse hairs. Oh, that's so good. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I haven't uh, been in so long. Yeah, this is absolutely long. ridiculous. I'm so glad <laughs> I can see these tube sack, tube sock fucking sack of balls. <laughs> the tube sack. The tube sack. How do I get back? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let us see him. <laughs> oh, oh, she's got Ariel on her shirt. Oh, my God. She's very... Worst time for my kid to walk in. I'm glad I closed out of everything. 
She would have spent her like young adulthood thinking that's what balls are supposed to look like. Oh my god, poor thing. <laughs> that's her expectation of balls. <laughs> she just sees a lifetime of Jesus' night, nice, tight, tucked in things. I'm like, I don't think those look right, man. You should probably get that checked out. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I'm so glad I got to introduce yet another person to Cisco Adler's balls because. I've never seen anything like that. Dude, neither have I. Like, that's uh, that. pretty yeah. astounding. It's astounding. I've seen a lot of balls in my life. I've seen, I've seen a I lot know. of hogs. I've seen a lot of long dicks. I've never seen a lot of long balls. Yeah. Balls. That's, uh, that's a new one on me. Yeah. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. No, they're not. Not at all. <laughs> what do you do with those things? I, do you put those in also? Yeah. <laughs> just well, pop them I in like a coin like slot and hope for the best. Your pants. What? You'd like pull your pants up and have to literally tuck your balls in. Yeah. This sounds exhausting. How do you live life like that? You gotta ask Cisco. <laughs> I think we should invite Cisco. Okay. <laughs> Patreon subscribers. We need more money so we can reach out to Cisco Adler. <laughs> Yeah. To get him on the pod yeah. so we can oh, ask about his balls. <laughs> yeah, we can surprise Mike with Cisco Adler. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, he's gonna love it. And Dude, I can't wait till he goes back to edit this and then hears about it and then looks it up himself and is like, holy shit, look at those balls. We're gonna have to find a pick probably because I had a hard time. Every website was like 404 forbidden. You can't see these balls, baby. Yeah, so, no, 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 no. These are top tier balls, okay? <laughs> you just can't, no, no random people mm -hmm. can just access no. this. Who do you no. think you are to look yeah. at balls like these, okay? Like, You're fuck, I found one ball. image and I accidentally clicked off of it and I couldn't go back. Yeah. <laughs> They're getting harder and harder to find as the years go by. I will yeah. say that. Like, so, you have an easier time finding military bases on oh, Google yeah. Earth than finding these balls on the internet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is Barbara doing? Barbara! Okay. She's trying to find out about long balls. <laughs> She's looking oh, around on the so floor. Barbara, That's here. a good place to look for long balls, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Especially since, yeah. Oh. You guys said tube socks, right? <laughs> here she is. Oh, she's so cute. Munchkin. She does Very not look pleased cute. to be on camera. She's cute. I can't hear anything. She just looks like she's like, this is demeaning to both of us. Yeah, she does. <laughs> She does feel degraded. She is wrapped up in my headphones wires. Okay. Goodbye, <laughs> Barbara. I love you. Mommy loves you. Yeah. All right. Well, that yeah. concludes ball talk. Yeah, I think that concludes ball time. Um, is there any other segues we can get into before we wrap up this episode? And I got to do plugs. Talking about balls. <laughs> um, no. What, yeah. What do I want to say? What do I have to say? Um, imagine the balls on the guys from Operation Wa Wash Tub. I bet they were so Dude, crazy. 50-year-old Alaskan, like, wilderness dudes. Yeah, yeah, and they're doing yeah. a lot of physical activity, so gravity has not been good to... Definitely to not. And I don't think they know what manscaping was back then. No, no, Definitely no. not. 
Nor did they care. No, you want to stay warm, though. Yeah. Yeah, you got to stay warm, right? Those long boys warm. (laughs) If they're further away from your body, they're colder. Colder. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they should. Wrap them up, like roll them up under tight, tuck them under the dick. Yes. Keep as much hair on as possible. Not like Cisco Adler, who like took. Pride and shaving his. Yeah, those celebrities just yeah. always shaving themselves clean. They've never lived a day out in the Alaska wilderness. Having yeah, to keep they wouldn't survive. Hard. They're not prime washed up candidates. No, their <laughs> balls could never. Yeah, make sure when you wind it up, and these kids are always winding up their balls around their fist. Make there's a natural curl to those balls. Okay. So you yeah. just kind of like gather them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't even tightly wrapping them around your fist. I'm so glad you said that. It made yeah. so much sense, and I'm glad you said yeah. that. Do your balls hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? God. Thank you, Thank you guys so much for coming to Ball and Do this. Oh, I'm so glad we got to do this tonight. I know this was so much fun. Yeah, I, I, like- I honestly, I almost sat out this episode, and then I heard you guys were coming on, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna fucking be there. Nice. nice. That makes me feel so good, because truly, I do feel like every single person in the world hates me. That's just who I am. No, I love uh-huh. you guys so much. What are you talking about? So that makes me feel so good. Okay, good. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I love that our Chupacabra cat is just sitting back here. Oh, my God. Yeah, that angle back. looks very Chupacabra-like. None of his angles look good. They're no, not, not at all. Not exactly. like uh, Cisco Adler balls. Not like Cisco, not pristine. No, like nothing Adler flattering. Adler. No, no. <laughs> so cute. I've had him since I was 19 years old. He's like 20 years old now. Oh, jeez. I've had him for like 12 years, but he was like seven whenever I got him. He's an old man. She doesn't look happy about being alive. You know, he he doesn't, but he's acting happy about being alive. So that's why we haven't like pulled the plug yet, because he's like, you know, he's chilling. Yeah. Does he still have his balls? No, no. Oh. Everybody in our house is ballless. Oh, except, except for Colin. Colin's got the biggest balls. Colin's got enough balls for everybody. Okay. Right. He's got enough balls to go around. He he doesn't his balls aren't working. So everyone in this house doesn't have working balls, I guess I could say. Right. Yeah. yeah. Both my dogs have very giant testicles. Get them removed. No. Yes. Dude, I just uh I just breeded my um massive St. Bernard with uh, a uh, Germ- my friend German Shepherd. Uh, can be very cute puppies. And I'm pretty sure my five-year-old Great Dane, who has massive fucking balls, is gay. So, not really worried about it. Aww. Because I've brought him around a lot of females in heat, and he's never tried anything. But he will fuck a lot of du- try to fuck a lot of dudes, which, more power to him. Yeah, he knows what he wants, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Go f- he's got to figure him. it out. Yeah. Aww. I love Great Danes. It's so cute. <laughs> Tell how you doing over there. I'm doing good. Okay. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> I love how we're trying to drag this out as long as possible. <laughs> it makes me so happy. It's so weird ending it. How do? Yeah, because how do we end it? You can't. Well, like, I could get like serious and then like roll into the outro plugs for the podcast and then say goodnight. But like, 
Mike's not here to make me do things, so yeah. I could just Dad, not do that. Dad's not here to wrangle us. We can do whatever we want. No, we got balls out. Like we're just having a party. <laughs> yeah, everyone listening, we've had our balls out this whole time. The entire time. The entire time. As soon yeah. as we. As soon as we started, we got our balls out. It was so beautiful. Yeah, I don't know what pants are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that you're in like a full like fleece jacket. Oh, this is my uh, Big Lebowski coat that I like to record nice. podcasts in now. Especially, How hot is it? Um, it's pretty fucking hot. Like okay. that makes me feel better. Mid eighties constantly. Okay. okay. Yeah. And so, but this room is like. So way colder than the rest of the house. Okay. And the AC is like right there blowing directly on me. So I have to wear this coat or I fucking freeze. Okay. We have AC like right down here, but I think, I feel like once I start podcasting, I get all worked up. So I'm pretty sweaty. Um, but yeah, usually when I'm sitting, sitting this here, like steroids and also the steroids, that I'm all yeah. on, maybe it's so sweaty. <laughs> Oh my god. He really did just like try and talk me into doing steroids. That's like so weird. Yeah, he was okay, so my dad's a weightlifter or was a weightlifter. He was benching before he started steroids, he was benching 415. Like that's impressive. Um, it is impressive, yeah. And then he was like, once I started doing steroids, it was like I could just do whatever I wanted. Like it was so easy to do everything. But um yeah, he was like really like making steroids seem appealing, right? Did you feel the same way? <laughs> yep. Yeah, he was. He made a case for steroids. He made a case for, for sure. steroids. Let's have my dad. Let's do a Patreon episode where my dad comes on and makes a case for steroids. Oh my because god, that'd be. <laughs> we could get a lot of leftists on steroids and then build our own army. Yeah, dude, we like basically form our own swolitariat. Hell yeah. And we just have a bunch of like souped up leftist Antifa super soldiers <laughs> beating the shit out of Nazis. That would be so amazing. It's like oh the end God. of that one Rick and Morty episode where him and Summer are just fucking swole on steroids and just beating the shit out of that Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's you. Yeah, I can't get Caitlin into Rick and Morty. It's just oh, me. Why not? I just don't like Rick and Morty fans. No offense to you guys. Oh, no, no. The fans are absolutely dog shit. <laughs> I know. And so I can't, wa- like, I can't watch it without thinking of the fans. And so... You've got to detach yourself from it. I can't. Cullen always tells me about episodes, and I'm like... I, like, try solid. to... That's Pretty what he funny. says. What was it? That fucking one episode recently that won the fucking, like, an Emmy? I don't know. It was, which- like, it was the um, Tub Full of Acid episode. They like oh, won yeah. a fucking Emmy oh. for animated series, which I was actually pissed about because it beat out an episode of BoJack Horseman. I've never watched BoJack. I need Horseman. to watch BoJack. Oh, Horseman. BoJack's fucking solid. I feel like BoJack's fan base is really good, so I could watch BoJack. way better. And they're way more self-aware of like yes. what's actually happening with BoJack yeah. in the series. Yeah. Versus Rick and Morty, where they're like, well, you just have to be smart and, you know, like science and physics. So you got to understand that. And fuck yeah. off. No, yeah. no. It's a cartoon show that's mostly comedy based. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what it is, is they take themselves too seriously. They absolutely do, which I just detach myself from that so I can enjoy Rick and Morty. But yeah, Bojack Horseman's solid as fuck. 
Nice. Rick and Morty reminds me, just like the aesthetics reminds me of Futurama, and I also feel like that. I just don't like, I never like Futurama. So What? I know. I like love Futurama. Futurama. I know. I have a thing about cartoons anyway, so I'm very biased. I've never liked cartoons. Like, even when I was little, like, Disney cartoons, I hate them. Awful. Okay, anyways, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening to the trailer. <laughs> that's like i would love to get into anime and i like storylines of anime yeah aesthetics i can't do it i hate i hate any cartoon aesthetics i can't do it i don't know why that's that's upsetting i know i know that's what you said about anime too and like i know i'm missing out but it just mm, there's so many good ones i know yeah colin will describe like especially like cowboy bebop and stuff like that i can love cowboy bebop He'll describe it, and I'm like, that sounds awesome. And then we'll start watching it, and I'm like, ah, can't do this. And then also, um, Attack on Titan. My I friend. Like Attack on Titan. So, uh, yeah, like years ago, my friend was describing it to me, and I was like, I'm going to fucking love this. And we started watching it, and I was like, I hate this. I hate this but, a lot. But <laughs> I, I was talking to Blaine about it, and she said that, like, you have to wait till, like, episode 16. Yeah, and I was unfortunately. Like, uh, what? Yeah. Because yeah. that was one that also Colin was like, yeah, I don't think I'm too, I don't think I'm into this either. But we only watched, like, the first few episodes, so. Yeah, Attack on uh, Titan's a slow burn, for sure. Okay. Yeah, but everybody says once you get there, it's, like, amazing. Yeah, but you got to get over that hump, which is like, that's a big ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a lot of hump to get over. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much now, especially that like, like there's so much to watch. Everything's like media is like so oversaturated that I. I was noticing this today. We we started a show. Cullen's watched it before The Outsiders um, and it like or The Outsider and it like didn't immediately draw me in. And I found myself being like, well, I don't want to watch this. And I had to like have a talk with myself and be like, no, you need to like sit through it and like get to the good part. But I'm so used to shows just like immediately being amazing that it's hard to, if there's any hump to get over, it's hard to sit through it. Yeah. I've been, um, what was it? I started a new show recently, black sales. It's like a stars original series. Okay. I'm a big fucking fan of it. Stars is the one that we don't have. I think it's on Hulu. That series okay. right now. Okay. There's cool. like four seasons of it. I think it's already done. Um, but like it's basically pirates back in the fucking day. But like there's like a lot of talk about fucking wage labor and anti-colonialism, and it's pretty fucking solid. I'm Good. like four or five episodes in. I'm pretty big fan so far. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of shows that we on Hulu pin 15 is like, have you watched that? I have not watched that. I, I, I mean, remember the whole pen 15 thing when I was in high school and then I saw the show and I was like, I'm not watching that. Oh, no, no, no. You every every comedian that you love, it's their favorite show. Like, it's so, so good and so weird and so different. It's two girls that are like playing themselves in the eighth grade. So it's like set in the early 2000s, but they're playing them set like they're playing eighth grade versions of themselves. But the whole cast is like actual eighth graders. Okay. It's, so, it's so funny. Just like watch a couple episodes. It's so okay, nostalgic. I'll have to check it's it so out. Funny. 
yeah like you won't be disappointed it's it's <laughs> it's like not it's not what you're imagining it's so so good <laughs> um so yeah we really like that on showtime there was uh was it black monday cullen uh, was it black monday yes yeah that's really funny too it's about oh, like check that one out yeah it's on showtime it's got paul paul Shear. who else Don Cheadle. It's very funny. Yeah. 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 The one show I'm actively avoiding is Squid Games. So I I why are you avoiding it? Uh the anti-North Korean propaganda that's oh, in the show. Okay, I didn't know that. I just yeah. the only thing I've heard about that's why it. I'm avoiding it. Okay. The only thing I've heard about it is other this than is fuck. <laughs> Other than people being obsessed with it is that like people who speak Korean say that the subtitles are so bad that like, oh, yeah, like terrible translations is yeah. one big thing that I've picked up, um, like looking at reviews and everything about it. Okay. Yeah. That's what I've heard too. And then it like really like you can't get the full storyline because how about the yeah. terrible, how but then it's also like, it's another one of those, like, greedy humanity shows where like some fucking rich guy hosts some fucking game when there's like a fucking million movies about that fucking whole premise it it also feels like too real and like well this is already this is already happening just like to such an extreme degree like late stage capitalism is like so apparent to everyone that i don't want to watch it in a movie like yeah it, I, I like apocalyptic movies rather than dystopian movies because I'm like, I like thinking about like surviving in the middle of nowhere and like that type of style rather than what we're actually living in, which is like dystopian future, like police state. Yeah, uh, yeah it just bums me out because I'm like, we're already fucking living through this and it's yeah, only going to get worse. Like, yeah, seriously, like one thing like I've been on for a few years now is like people like. It's like, oh, yeah, we're living, like, we're about to be in, like, a dystopian, like, cyberpunk future. And I'm like, dude, we're in that we're now. here, like, yeah. Just because we don't have cyborgs doesn't mean exactly. we're not in cyberpunk. We got homeless kids with smartphones. We're yes. cyberpunk as fuck right now. Absolutely, yeah. And, like, we also don't realize the technology that our government has or we're just, just beginning to realize, like, how much they can control us and, like, how fucked we are because, like, they can play a sound that like makes us immediately like throw up and lose our mind. Like, yeah, you know, you, like, you can't fight against that. It just that shit out there, but people want to like, they're hoping for like their own video game HUD in their eyes and like having cyborg arms and stuff like that. Like they're re- they're aspiring for some other version of dystopian future when it's like, yes. we're in it hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, just the like i think it's natural to be hopeful so we're always looking at like well at least it's not like that and it's like no we have it worse right now because like it seems like we're totally fucked and like no hackers are gonna help us like no hackers like in the movies are gonna be there to help us yeah, like, like anonymous has been around for like how long and they fucking yes. haven't done a goddamn thing and to every help time anybody they- 
Yes. And every time they do something like, oh, we had this huge leak, like we hacked all these right wing people. It's like, well, it doesn't fucking do anything like it hasn't helped anybody. Yeah. We find out all these secrets that we already guessed and they don't get held accountable for anything. Great. Now we just know more bad shit. Just a bunch of proletarians just being like, well, maybe I'll have a cyborg arm in the future. That'd be cool. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's going to be fucking locked behind a paywall. Yep. Like, what do you think? You think you're actually going to have access to that? Fuck off. Yeah, you don't have access to health care. Like, yeah. <laughs> you think you're going to see a cyborg arm? Exactly. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it is a bummer. I, I I feel like the people, like my my more liberal friends will bring up, like, the dystopian future, and I'm like, we've been in it for a long time, and, like, it's not going to work out the way you're hoping like we're not there's not gonna be some like thing where we overcome it which is so depressing yeah I like mean. one of my favorite memes of all time i've fucking found a couple of years ago i repost every once in a while is like the captain barbosa from uh <laughs> the pirates of the caribbean he's like um the whole like oh you think you're li- like you dream about like dystopian nightmares well you're living in one it's like, yeah, dude, we really yeah. are. Yeah. Just yeah. you're hoping for something better when it's not going to come. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I would love it to be like a Mad Max or Tank Girl scenario where we're That'd all... That'd be sweet, like, but be we're not going to get that. No. no, because like we all liberalism fed us like nonviolence and don't be violent. Don't, you know, fucking go high when they go low they fed us all this bullshit while they were planning like while the government was planning and the military was planning and so like we haven't been taught to fight back at all whereas they've been preparing to like destroy anything that stands in their path it's not gonna yeah, they've been playing 3d chess with this whole thing the whole yes. fucking time like bill yeah. gates fucking wiping up all the fucking farmland in the fucking country just so that he can have access to clean water whenever there's no more water like, yeah. and we're just like, oh, he owns a lot of land. That's not good. And it's like, no, there's yeah. a longer game in this, man. Yep. There's a reason he's doing it. God, it's so depressing. <laughs> uh, I know. I hate thinking about all the rich people with bunkers because I'm like, oh, but uh, climate change, change will even it all out. And then I'm like, no, it won't. No, it won't. They're going to last. And like, they're going to be going to fucking space yeah. and leave it up. Here, or they'll be in their fucking bunker, you know, no matter what happens, like they have a plan and they have I mean, money to enact it. Yeah, like I mentioned on a previous episode, but I, I was making like one of my uh, new friends where I'm living um, He's pretty conservative and um, I'm like radicalizing him slowly. Oh, and yeah. I made him watch uh, I made him watch Elysium. OK, I haven't seen that. Oh, uh, Matt Damon, Elysium. Um, pretty solid movie. Honestly, okay. uh, didn't get good reviews when it came out because people suck. But like, it's just honestly what shit's going to look like. Like Earth's fucking dystopian, apocalyptic, fucking everyone's struggling. And all the rich people live in this fucking like space station out in space where they have like fucking perfect homes and fucking med bay stations that can heal any kind of sickness imaginable. And, like, there's basically refugees from Earth that try to get there just so they can heal themselves before they get deported back to Earth. Mm. And, like, my buddy's like, oh, my God, like, dude, rich people are just going to, like, shoot them off into space and just leave us here? And I'm like, dude, 
they're doing that sh- kind of shit now. Like, really? look at the fucking yeah. Look at the wildfires in California. Like, people are struggling with that shit. But rich fucking people like Kanye and other fucking celebrities hire private fucking firefighters to protect their properties. Yep. Like that shit's happening now. Yeah. This isn't yeah, some dystopian shit. Like it's happening now. Yes, it's not like, yeah, when you were describing that, it's not some far off thing. It's like they're already planning for this and they're openly planning for it. Like, yeah, and we fucking and people are fucking applauding them for it. Yes. Yeah. Look look at Jeff Bezos and his dick rocket. That's so fucking cool, bro. So are people applauding him? That's insane to me that anyone could fucking like him. He's such a piece of shit. It's so fucking upsetting. He's so openly a piece of shit that I'm like, he's not even trying to hide it because he can't because he's such a fucking sociopath. He can't even pretend to like have any empathy or sympathy. He's such a piece of shit. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so depressing. (laughs) It's so depressing. Yeah. I feel like. That's kind of the reason why we want to just move up into the mountains, because I'm like, at this point, it, we we just feel doomed. Like, it doesn't feel like there's going to be, like, any any hope for the future. So we're just like, oh, yeah. well, how do we last as long as we can? Yeah, I, uh, I, because we did a episode recently with Brett from Rev Left Radio, and he's been on his uh, really big, like, climate collapse kick for, like, a couple months now doing a serious research into it and like i asked him straight up on the episode i was like dude uh where's a good place to move and he's like the great lakes so i'm already trying to figure out like how to move to the great lakes because fresh water okay yeah it's like one of the largest freshwater sources in the planet Okay. So especially once the water wars come, which is something I've been harping on like every fucking episode. Yeah, water wars are I, coming. Oh yeah. My mom like I was always scared of like going underwater and I talked to my mom about it and she's like, Oh, you should be scared of running out of water. That's what's gonna yes. happen first. And yeah, I was like, No, I don't want to do fear. <laughs> so depressing. It's so depressing. It really is. It's so saddeningly depressing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you were talking about, like, you don't know if you want to have other kids. People who are actively having, like, trying to have kids right now, I'm like, why? Like, I would be so scared to have kids right now. Because misplaced optimism. You know, yeah. they think things are going to get better. They think market solutions to climate collapse is going to help. And it's like, yep. no. <laughs> They've known nope. about this shit since the 70s. You really think, yeah. like, market incentives are going to help now? Oh God, it's so depressing. <laughs> what are you doing? You're missing out on all the all the doom scrolling. This is uh, yeah. something. This is what we've been doing recently on the podcast. This is how like we end almost every podcast episode now. It's just uh, I've had to just like stop every time I get a news article about climate change. I've just had to be like, "Don't show me this." Like, oh God. <laughs> Because because I just don't want to know. I'm like, we're fucked. I don't really want to oh, no. know. I'm the complete opposite where I'm like, oh, let's see what the uh, the latest international panel on climate control says. And it's no. like, oh, this is what the world would be like with one and a half degrees of warming. And then a couple weeks later, the U.N. warns like, hey, if like 200 some odd com- countries in the world meet their like greenhouse gas emission goals, 
uh, we're still going to reach 2.7 degrees of warming. It's like, oh, that's way fucking worse. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just don't want to know. I, you know, it just, we can't no. do anything anyway. I'm in some like weird, obsessive, compulsive, like yeah. research thing where it's like, maybe if I learn about it, I can protect me and my family yes. and other people. But it's like, it's just honestly not going to help because I don't really personally have any control over these things. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I've gotten to the point of like, you just got to figure out how you're going to last the longest. It sucks. Honestly, yeah. So bad. Yeah, it's really fucking depressing. I recently, especially, I've gotten to that conclusion and it's it's just depressing because I used to at least have like a little optimism of like, well, St. Louis has got a great community. We all help each other out. Like we all like take care of each other and we're all like building these networks um of like people who garden and like tradespeople but it just feels like that's that's not gonna help yeah. like how, how long is that gonna last without water I know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that's why i like don't read anything because i'm like well i don't want to fucking know like i don't want to it my last however many years on the planet I just want to be blissfully unaware, like the stupid fucking hippies who are trying to like manifest shit right now. Like, I just want to. Oh, God. Like, yeah, no, there's so many times where I'm like, man, I wish I didn't turn leftist and like start figuring shit out. I would be in such blissful ignorance. 100%. So I yeah, I work around the worst, just the worst people, just the worst people on the planet. And. Like. They they can't fucking shut up about it. Like like I went to a job yesterday and just the minute that I got there, somebody was like, so the, the St. Louis Carpenters Union got dissolved because one of the guys in fucking suits was doing fucked up shit, of course. Um, oh, which, no like, surprise. No, yeah, I've known forever. Like that's historically we're the most conservative union of all time. So like that's going to happen. And also just experiences that I've that I've had. Um, I knew fucked up shit was happening. So we got dissolved and Chicago's taking us over and they are a lot more progressive in Chicago. Like a lot of lady tradeswomen will talk about moving to Chicago so they can work in the trades there because it's so much nicer to be a woman in the trades. And so, um, so yeah, like I brought it up yesterday just because it's like the hot new gossip, like, holy shit, we got dissolved. And like, like all of these fucking assholes were like well chicago and like just couldn't stop harping on like how awful it was that chicago absorbed us because like oh they're so liberal and like just like just non-stop like i was filling out paperwork and this guy the the fucking foreman that i was working under like i asked him questions about the paperwork because i don't know how to do my own fucking taxes (laughs) child and i usually have to call cullen but i was just asking this guy and he's like you know, telling me, and then he starts talking about the government, which is fine. Like, I hate the fucking government, yeah. but then, like, I know where his conversation's going. Oh, yeah, of course, and every then, time. Yeah, then he gets on the subject of, like, talking about the, the Postal Service oh, and, like, fuck. how much shitty they are. And, like, it's that's what I mean when they just can't shut the fuck up. Like, I didn't, we weren't talking about the U.S. Postal Service, nothing, but that's on their mind right now because they want it to be privatized. And, like, 
yeah, they want to pay more money for shit because they're a bunch of stupid fucking boomers that think if you pay for stuff, then it gets better. But it doesn't at all. No, ever. You know, it just hurts more poor people. Yeah, like now people aren't going to get their mail because like if it's if it's fucking they're not going to send like postal workers on fucking horseback out to these people that that's how they get their mail. So anyways, he brought that up and I'm like, just like you guys can't shut the fuck up for five fucking seconds. So I just like work around that. I don't even know why I'm on the subject. It's just like so fucking depressing to be around all these fucking assholes. Oh, we got on that subject because like when I work around them, I'm constantly stressed out and like like my heart is constantly racing when I'm around these assholes. That's why I have to take breaks and every tradeswoman I know takes breaks because it's so like fucking stressful being around these assholes. But I'm like, I wish I could not know that. Like I wish I had internalized misogyny and could let them say all the sexist shit and not fucking care about it and not have yeah. to like like scream at them and like say stupid like unthought out things because I'm so fucking pissed off and like my adrenaline's racing. Mm-hmm. Like I wish I wish I could just be a fucking dumbass like them so I could like I enjoy <laughs> the last couple of years that we have. It's Yeah, no, that's so like me at work when it's like was like yeah, like, I will be at work and it's like, I'll get into my fucking normal tirade about, like, how the CIA is a terrorist organization. And, like, all the guys will be like, yeah, 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 that sounds good. Yeah, 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 agree. And then it turns into, like, how fucking big government's bad and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know yeah, where this they, is going. Exactly. <laughs> well, and they, they, like, cannot critique companies. Like, they love companies. Yeah. I'm like, that, that is government. Like, they're... Yeah. And the same because companies are like they own everyone in your yeah. government. It's There's so like f- this whole thing called lobbying, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like or heard of it? No, they haven't, and that's why they no. can fucking sleep at night without yeah. waking up in a fucking panic because they haven't heard of that shit. It's uh, or I even wish. worse. The guys who are like, oh yeah, lobbying's bad, and so like we just need to get rid of the government. It'll be fine. And it's like. So just give full power to the corporations, you fucking idiots. Absolute <laughs> fucking dumbasses. Yeah, they just, I, I wish that, like, my biggest fear was, like, being a white guy that's going to get his guns taken away. Like, Honestly. wow, wouldn't that be nice to live yeah. in that fucking fantasy world? Yeah, uh, white genocide, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. I wish I was so simplistic. I know it would be so it would be so nice. Yeah, I, like, dude, those guys get such good sleep at night. They wake they, up like ready to get out the day. Yeah, they're never having arguments in their head with other people because like they live in a fucking echo chamber. Who is this? <laughs> Mike came back. Yeah, we're just fucking up your recording, bro. Fuck, I thought maybe you guys were like fucking with me. Like, let's walk away from, from our computers for like six hours and we'll come back and shut this off. Like, nah, we've been going at it. <laughs> we're talking we about media. We're talking about fucking right wingers now. We're we started this. talking about like climate change and just how we're in we're in a dystopian future where everyone's yeah, like, we oh, had to go through the natural turn leftist uh, doom scrolling. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah whenever that's where people, we're at now. When people post like 
like with the abortion stuff, they'll post like Handmaid's Tale of trying to be edgy of like, oh, we're going to be in the Handmaid's Tale soon. And I'm like, we already yeah, are. Like, like, this we're out here moving in. Yeah, this isn't like something that like, oh, might happen. Oh, no, it's so no, scary. No, 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 no. It's now. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, and then we were talking about that we wish we could be fucking stupid and like not be leftist because it would be nice to just like, I don't know, get a couple hours of sleep, mm-hmm. not yeah. fucking thinking about everything, all the yeah. fucked up shit that like you know, water wars and bark beetles and fucking shit like that. And I think like the thing that pisses me off the most is that rich people are gonna fucking get away with it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. They're gonna fucking get away with it. It's so frustrating. Like, yeah, they really did. The like story of evil never wins isn't true, and the evil is gonna win. It's so fucking depressing. So sad. And the worst part is like people don't even understand that like that is the evil. You know, they think it's the fucking good guys winning. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, especially especially liberals like that's what's frustrating is that just because somebody's liberal they think that that's the good guy and i'm like no they're still yeah, doing your one bro it's fine now yeah everything's <laughs> solved we're doing so good yeah things are great don't you know yeah. <laughs> the immigrants are all doing well you know harm reduction i'm so yeah. glad well, no don't bring up that we got midterms coming up okay <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Oh god. Maybe and Mike can finally wrangle us in with the fucking outros. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in any rush. Nobody in the next election better fucking. If I hear harm reduction, if I hear any of that fucking shit, I'm gonna fucking lose it. I said this last election, but like Biden, I feel like is teaching everyone like how fucking stupid Democrats are and like his approval rating is so low and everyone's so mad at him that like if anyone says to me like vote for a Democrat to like like as harm reduction I hate when they use that word anyways um, yeah. I would fucking lose it like yeah I think I have a weekly conversation with my wife where I'm like will you still love me and be with me if I become an eco-terrorist <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's almost a weekly occurrence with my wife. Did you happen to see the speech that Biden gave today? No. So he gave a speech in... Okay, yeah, here. I'm going to share my screen. Outing the Build Back Better spending? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to share my screen so okay. I can see it too. Because, um, yeah. I got to say, like, it's not a bad speech. And if I believed that he was going to do the things he's saying, or that the programs that he's implementing are going to do the things that he says they're going to do like mm-hmm. unprecedentedly combat child poverty or something it's like all right uh sort of if you budge the stats in just the right way yeah like it's absolutely unprecedented it's like looks at china <laughs> exactly we invested to win the space race we led the world yeah. in research and development led to the creation of the internet and you know but then something happened we slowed up. We stopped investing in ourselves. America is still the largest economy in the world. We still have the most productive workers and the most innovative minds in the world. But <laughs> we're risk losing our edge as a nation. Our infrastructure Good. used to be the best in the world, literally, not figuratively. Today, according to the World Economic Forum, we rank 13th 
our infrastructure, 12 nations have a better infrastructure than we do, which means they can move product, they can do so many things better than we can do it. All those investments that fuel the strong economy, we've, uh, we've taken our foot off the gas. We've taken, we just, I don't know what's happened. The world has taken notice, by the way, including our adversaries. And now they're closing the gap in a big way. So it's essential that we regain our momentum that we've lost and work our, you know, the work of our time, it seems to me, those of us who hold public office, is to prepare ourselves to be more competitive and to win the fast-changing 21st century in the global economy. Okay. Things are changing incredibly quickly. That's why I propose two critical pieces of legislation being debated back in Washington right now. Our competitors aren't hanging around and waiting to see what we're going to do. They've been pouring billions of dollars into infrastructure and into the training their people for years now. Take China, for example. Based. Now, I've been clear that China uses unfair coercive practices to get ahead in their yeah, but they also invest in themselves. In recent yeah. years, China has spent around three times as much on infrastructure. That's actually what I wanted him to get into, because there was a section where they, they cut that up, but he, he says we have to prove that democracy works. It's like our competitors, and he names China and Russia, and he said they believe that democracy can't adapt fast enough or handle the, the challenges of like modernity or something like that. And I was just like, yeah, dude. Like, literally, we cannot, we are displaying in real time that we can't make any kind of radical change to keep up with climate change, to keep up with like the wealth inequality, to keep up with anything that's going on right now. And we're just getting our asses handed to us and only setting ourselves up for more failure, whereas like communist countries are making five and 10 year plans that include like huge green initiatives that put us to shame, like absolutely to shame. Yeah, my, my favorite part is where he's like basically talking about like, oh, what happened? What happened to America? Like, why did we stop doing all this stuff? And it's like, <clears throat> America only did that stuff because of the threat of the Soviet Union and the material conditions that were being won for the proletariat over there. You know, the U.S. was so frightful of the material gains for people in the USSR is that that's why they enacted such high taxes on the rich and such expansive welfare programs here in the United States. That's the only reason it happened was because they were scared that Americans would realize what the alternative would be via the USSR and like it and that. Yeah. And like it. And so that's why the fucking like the new deal and shit like that was enacted. Like, that's the only reason that shit happened. You guys, you guys all right? <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I'm like, I don't think we've watched anything. Like, I don't think I've watched him talk since his inauguration speech. It's not worth your time. Is, he's embarrassing to watch talk. I mean, he looks like somebody's grandpa who, like, they need to put him in a oh, hole. He looks ancient. He's not. I, mean, yeah, of course, I will say, like, yes. I watched that whole speech uh, live earlier today, like, right before we got on the podcast tonight. And he actually kept it together very well. He didn't stutter hardly at all. And if he was reading from a teleprompter, which I imagine he, he had to have been, like, there's no way he was just, like, reciting all that. And it didn't look like he was looking down at a podium or anything. But I feel like. Even doing that, he did well, and it was, I, I can see why liberals are excited about it, because if they're buying into what he's saying, like, there was a lot that, like, it was a very long speech, it went on for like 10 or 15 minutes, it was, like, we only saw that short clip of it, but um, he talks about his infrastructure program, he talks about the child tax credits, and how they've been, like, revolutionizing uh, child poverty in America for, like, however many months they've been going on, and he's, he did a good five minutes of Bernie material. 
like just just straight up ripping off bits from Bernie saying like the one percent have like they pay no taxes. He's like, I'm from the corporate hub of America in Delaware. And corporations there, all the biggest corporations are based there, and they pay no tax. And he's like, it's not right that like a union uh, steel worker and whose wife is a teacher, um, that they should have to work so hard to get by and pay a higher tax rate than billionaires. And he's like, and he, he emphasizes, he's like, they pay a higher tax rate than billionaires. And then he like reversed it just to reiterate it one more time. He said, you know, X or Y rich people paid no tax and then he's like just ripping off that whole playbook and i'm like okay so this would get libs excited if they believe for one second that he's actually going to fix any of these things he's talking about if he's actually going to do anything about any of these things but he's just going to flare up all that rhetoric and then you know like tweet about it but i could see how this still is a refreshing change from trump who was just so fucking incoherent and just like i mean it just really was um just made the made the u.s a laughing stock for anybody who still takes mainstream politics seriously mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. No, absolutely. No, no. it's true. I just wish I could, I mean, I wish I could run the whole speech. Solid. Like, yeah. I no. mean, that's that's like the definition of liberals and Republicans is like Republicans don't just don't give a shit. Like they'll yeah. say whatever fucking crazy shit comes to mind because they know their base is like brain dead enough to just not care. But it's the same thing with fucking Democrats and liberals, where it's like he's talking about like, oh, these billionaires don't pay taxes, but yep, enacting no policies that would make billionaires actually pay taxes. It's yep. literally the AOC wearing the fucking tax the rich dress at the fucking Met Gala. It's the same liberals fucking thing. Love, liberals love words. Like yeah, they, they like love the aesthetic. Promises. Yes. Yeah. They like empty promises and then they're just like able to somehow forget about all of these promises that aren't kept like nothing yeah. that they've promised have been has been kept and they and liberals just don't seem to care at all they just move on to the next thing yeah they just think they're somehow better than conservatives because yeah. they know they vaguely have an idea of what cognitive dissonance is even though they cannot practice it in their own lives yep it's going to be weird because he's definitely going to convince liberals liberals are going to be really convinced that he has done a lot at the end of this four years, and they're going to cite shit like this, and it's going to always be that like, fudge the numbers the right way, and it looks like we saved a whole lot of people, and meanwhile everybody's still going to be in a shitty place. We're not going to be any better off as far as the environment's concerned, but they're going to point to it, and I'm obviously, I've been salivating already. I mean, it's years to come, but I've been already just waiting for people to come into my fucking Instagram comments and try to convince me to vote for Biden, and just so I can block them. Like, I can't fucking wait to get rid of you pieces of shit. Yep. Oh, I started arguing with somebody on Instagram about China. Sorry. <laughs> I had argued, like, I made the mistake of arguing, this is like a month ago now, with some asshole on Reddit who was like, first of all, denied that capitalism requires infinite expansion. He was like, where does it require that? Like, how do you like, prove to me that capitalism requires infinite expansion? I'm like, I don't know how to prove to you that that's how it works. Like, if you just have to deny the very basics of the ideology that you espouse, that's not a good sign. And then he was also denying climate change. He was like, yeah, like none of the predictions that leftists have made about climate change have come true. I'm like, bro, literally we are seeing Philly flood like as we speak and like record numbers of natural disasters and storms month over month, every month. Yeah, we've we've surpassed all the predictions. All the predictions were much better than what's going on right now. But it's like if you have to literally deny reality to defend your position like this, that's a bad sign, bro. Yep. Did Did Cullen bounce? Did you guys want to actually bring this home or what? Uh, no, he's eating pizza right oh, now okay. and just staring. I, just, I, just went, staring I went and ate a whole ass meal and then came back and you guys are still <laughs> at it. Like. No, 
No, he's just eating his pizza. I, uh, okay, so I wanted soup dumplings. We have this place in, in New City that does, like, amazing soup dumplings. And so... Do they use uh, Provel cheese? Ward, you need to come here and eat actual St. Louis food, okay? Because it's amazing. No, they don't use fucking Provel. Right, Provel. Well, next, th- next time I come through, I'm going to hit you up. Okay. We're, yes, I we can take you on like a St. Louis food journey because we have like our food scenes incredible. It's just that like all the people outside of St. Louis, like Emo's was big in the 80s. <laughs> and then all the people outside St. Louis are still like, yes, toaster ravioli, Emo's. We have like an incredible we have so many places in St. Louis where the chefs have won James Beard Awards. Like they're the best of the best. And like you know, nationally known restaurants um, that like real foodies love, but we get fucking we get the fucking shaft because of people what's that? Because of people that still like talk about emos like that's our fucking food. It's insane. Anyways, we have I just hold a grudge over Provel cheese. It's fucking disgusting. It's like plastic. Is it is <laughs> Plastic, yeah, it's so emos is so disgusting. Provel is disgusting. No, we'll take you to the good places, but there's a place wait. that does Chinese soup dumplings, and I we get them like four times a week. I get them like four times a week. They're so good. I can make soup dumplings, but like I can't, I can't like wrap them, um, just because I never did it growing up. Mm. Like they make it so easy wrapping the dumplings. You, you just start with the edge and you just fold, fold, and okay. then you keep going around. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> I have tried... I'm also fun. Asian, so I'm not, it's not fair. Oh, okay. Um, so, so Cullen has seen me, like, in tears trying to do dumplings, and, like, I make, I do my own bone broth, like, I pressure cook bones, and, like, I, I've got the filling done really well. Um, and, like, I make really good dumpling like dumpling dough but when it comes time to wrap it i'm getting better but it's okay, so the great. secret is not to make your own dumpling dough is to go oh, get oh so good it's yeah, so good it is but it's more difficult to fold it yeah it so, like doesn't stick very well no no, no, no. you I, need I to go to the asian supermarket and get the pre-frozen pre-made uh dumpling dough that's, that's what you need what, to do. That's not what my soup dumpling lady tells me. She okay, says, "Well, your soup dumpling lady is a fucking liar." Okay, because <laughs> that is the fucking trick. Shade thrown. But it's so good. The dumpling's so good, and I have I have started getting like the hang of wrapping it. It just doesn't look pretty. Like yeah. it doesn't look like a pretty little dumpling. Um, Did you make so, sure the edges are moistened when you're doing it? No, because that like. That fucks me over worse. Like, I, and I know you're supposed to like moisten the, the edges of like anything. Anytime you like try and connect dough, but yeah. once my like filling starts creeping up and it like moistens the dough, that then it will not connect. You have to keep well, it like take some more steroids so you pinch them harder. <laughs> I make decent dumplings. I'm getting to the point where I like am semi proud of them. Like I'm semi proud to take pictures of them and they taste amazing, but. There's it's hard to like, do fast enough for her to hold them up and me to squish my balls together fast enough. Yeah. 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 Come on. Team effort, guys. Get it together. This is making me hungry again for like more steroids. Oh These testicle clamping. So fucking good. You got it. They're, they're so amazing. So I sent Cullen there to get them 
and uh, they were he like drove all the way out to Houston it's like 20 fault. minutes and they were closed. Like, they closed like, stay on Tuesdays. It's like a 35 minute drive and I didn't have to see Yeah. I would just yeah. like, get some. I Come back an hour and a half later. Sorry, babe. Um, well, yeah. yeah he, he called me and that's like U-City is where this specific strip is where like all the good like East Asian restaurants are. Like they're they're very good. They're very authentic. They have the like a huge Asian market over there. And then they have Cube Tea Studio, which is the bubble tea place. And it's amazing. Um, so I had him give me bubble tea. And then there's like a sushi place kind of over by us. And I called in just like a order of fried rice. And he went and they were like, it'll be 10 minutes. Um, and then it was 40 minutes. And then by the time he got here, it was like 6.05. And so he didn't get to eat anything. That was my very long way of saying that I totally fucked up Cullen's dinner. <laughs> oh, I'm and sorry, buddy. So we that's why, that's it was in another rush. Like, that's yeah, why he was no scoffing. I, I imagine like everyone was going to be here. Oh, and they were all going to be like, fuck you guys. No, no, no. 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 This is uh, never how it is. Okay. No, that's why I keep trying to like recruit more hosts because it's really hard to get everybody on. Like. I don't know yeah. the last time. Yeah, like I'm, the last time I'm I here. Everyone, well, I'm bored. You are. You and I are all reliable, but like, yes, yes. Um, I'm glad you found me. Yeah, me too, dude. Because I would not be able to. Like, I literally would not be able to. Yeah, how do you guys this, find like, each other? Fucking Instagram. Yeah, like Mike added me because I was like doing my Ward Lolly Instagram page, and I got like decently popular. I was posting some base shit, and. Mike added me to a group chat on Instagram and he was talking about like doom scrolling and like different shit talking about externalities. Yeah, he went on asbestos rant and I think Sterling was talking about something else and then I was like, Oh, you guys obviously haven't found out about plastics yet. And I just went off into these like <laughs> several fucking paragraphs about plastics. And they're like, Can you do a podcast episode about that? And I was like, Fuck yeah, I can. Oh my god. <laughs> And then I wound up here. Yeah. And now I'm base as fuck. <laughs> that's so that's so nice that you like you can just find someone off the internet that's like a, a good like podcast host. Yeah. Like I, I feel like all of you all are like very good at podcasting and like sound nice. I don't know. It's just nice that like, you know, you didn't be like, hey Ward, come on the podcast, and then he was like a fucking crazy person. <laughs> well, we did um, ask him right we had one for one episode and we decided we liked him. We we're like, Oh yeah, he seems cool. And like yeah, okay. but I agree, like it is very lucky. Like I had no idea what Sterling really sounded like. I don't know where he found Cosper. Um, or why Cosper like agreed to come on and hang out? Yeah, I haven't figured that one out either. What? Yeah, like the <laughs> Sterling to Jaren connection made sense to me. Yeah, I still don't. I really don't know how we ended up with Cosper. I'm happy about it. And then is Cosper? Yeah. Is he? Is he from the U.S.? They they are. They yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That's right. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Why do I? Why do I think they're? Why do I hear like a? An accent with them. I don't know. Like it is like a southern Did I accent, right? an accent. I thought like they're really? just so deep into philosophy yeah. that just like they can't be contained <laughs> by the American accent. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> yeah, but then Jaron was just one of Sterling's friends, and he was like, it's been like a that teacher, wasn't even so, like, like Sterling's friend. It was like a friend that Blaine had because, like, oh, because Blaine was really Sterling's friend. Yeah. Yeah, 
Blaine was Sterling's friend when she was dating a guy who was in the DJ scene that Sterling was in. Oh, and like, and that was one thing that like when I like met with Jaren in person was like, dude. So like, how did you like meet Sterling and how did you get on the pod and everything? And he was like, yeah, like I remember like Blaine was dating some guy back in the day, like that was in the fucking same ring, like same circles as Sterling. And then eventually Sterling hit me up and was like, hey, you want to be on this communist podcast? And Jaren was like. You're on a communist podcast? Last time I remember, you're doing fucking drugs just DJing. Like, what the fuck happened to you, bro? Yeah, I'll be on a fucking communist podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I I really like that you all have Jaren on because I feel like... Jaren has the best opinions. No, no. I was no, just I about just, to say that. I just feel like it's good to have an anarchist on. Like, yeah. it's good to have a different... A very on. principled anarchist, too. Yes. A very That's the smart, best. Yes. A very smart, like, mature anarchist, because all the anarchists that I had ever met were, like, truly, like, 13-year-old yeah. edgelords. Like, yeah. even though they were adult people, like, just... <laughs> Yeah, they're just stuck in that, like, 13-year-old mindset. Mm -hmm. We're just like, whatever's edgy, bro, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mikey and I have had a conversation where, like, they really just, like, they're they're not okay with killing fascists. Like, a a lot of anarchists are like, can't can't kill fascists, but, like, tankies are okay to kill. Mm -hmm. Like, they're so... Killing fascists is fascist, bro, but uh, tankies need to be silenced and murdered. Yes. Yeah, it's so fucking crazy hearing that. It's like... uh, I saw a TikTok of a person, um, of an anarchist, like... (laughs) Making a dumb argument and then like a tanky was a poor choice watching anarchists. (laughs) I don't know how I got on anarchists. My my for you page is like no anarchists now. It's like a fully tanky TikTok page. But like, um, I don't know. They were just making like a stupid fucking argument and then like a tanky was on there like arguing back with them and the tanky said like oh well it's good to know you're okay with killing someone it's just tankies like you're not okay yeah. with killing fascists but you're okay with killing well, tankies yeah, and, yeah, yeah it's true and, like, and then they, they fucking like well you're just a red fascist bro mm-hmm. it's like but you won't kill regular fascists okay not the actual just fascist. cause you said a word doesn't mean it's true yeah. like That's, just cause you made words. a word yeah. those are words <laughs> you did put those words together but they don't mean anything yeah, yeah. nice word salad yeah cool uh yeah exactly like what what do we share like what i ideals do we have that are the same as like like fascist ideals it it just doesn't make any sense i don't know anarchists piss me off well when you press them on it because i I made the mistake of doing this and i mentioned it on the episode (laughs) one one of the episodes i just got really drunk um which one was it? I can't. I think it was probably the. You should get drunker. You should just be like me every episode. Like. Shit face. I, mean, no, I, just, yeah. I, I love when Ward gets drunk. It just makes me laugh so much. I'm drunk every episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, you start off like. Oh, I start off pretty sober because I'm only like yes. five to six drinks deep by the time we start an episode. But like by the time we end, I'm like. <laughs> it makes me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah. Like I got. Some drinks over there. No. <laughs> I got some drinks over here. <laughs> it gets pretty bad. God, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, but but Jaren is like you were talking about like pressing anarchists, and usually that's where they're like like they're not used to being 
to being questioned. So once you question them, it starts falling apart. Mm-hmm. And Jaren oh, is yeah. like the one an- anarchist that's like, he can fucking talk and talk and sound great and like and related to like real world examples actual, because he knows the yes. actual concepts. He understands the yes. points. He understands the actual yep. um, the ideology. Whereas like, and this is my my gripe with both left wing and right wing libertarians is that they really just have they're just idealists they really are just idealists they have the ideas in their head and it sounds good but then when you actually try to flesh that out into what it would look like in reality it falls apart immediately Mm -hmm. yeah my um my best description of jaren's anarchism is and he even agreed was that jaren views anarchism much like marx's view dialectical materialism which they view He views anarchy as a system in which to evaluate unjust hierarchies, which is what anarchy should be, instead of what fucking normal anarchists are, where it's like, oh, all authority's bad, Uh, bedtimes are fascists. Shit like yeah. that. Well, think of it as like an achievable, real state of being that people could just get to. And it all comes down to usually like on the dunk side, it, it's just if people suddenly stopped being sheeple and stopped believing in this mythical thing called authority. And then you get like yeah. the idiots like the guy I argued with on IG Live for two hours who's like, I don't I, I don't accept your um your authority, I don't accept your coercion, I reject authority, I reject all this stuff, and I'm like, dude, you're still paying your mortgage, you're still paying your property taxes, like you're still no. living perfectly within the bounds of the system, otherwise you would be in jail right now. And at a certain point, yep. like you're going to be confronted with something that you disagree with morally, but you're gonna comply because otherwise you will be locked up because there are real things uh behind the authority. It's not just this like illusion that people won't wake up from. It's like there are real dudes with real guns that will will enforce that authority. And it's like unless you have a yeah. a countervailing force to go against that, then you are just LARPing. Yeah. yeah, I yeah, wish I could been, fucking reject our mortgage. Yeah, you should have been there whenever I uh, met up with Jaren in real life. Like, dude, me and him talked for like three hours at this fucking brewery about China, Aww. and it was fucking amazing. That's it was so great. That's really great. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's really cool. Like I'm blushing. It's fucking. It was such a great time. <laughs> oh, that's that's very sweet to hear that you. Like that, some people on your podcast have met in real life. Oh yeah, I uh, I met Mike. Like I I'm the only host that's like met more than like one person. Like because Sterling and Cosper, like they've met up because they both live in a very close area. But like I I met Mike on during my move down to the south. So I met up with Mike. I met up with Jaren. I'm still trying to figure out a time to meet up with Cosper and uh, Sterling as well. So I can be the first podcast host that meets everybody. Nice. But like, yeah, like I had a great fucking time with Mike. Granted, we got there late and kept Mike up past his bedtime because he's a little fucking man. I had to work in my last. That's why I was surprised you guys were still up doing this. I'm like, imagine you all have to get up early and work or something. Nah, nah, dude, we're used to fucking running like zero fucking energy, 24 hours, 72 hours at a fucking time. Like, oh, I'm not used to that. I need like 12 hours a night of sleep and I usually go to bed early, but like, I feel like we set aside time yeah. for stuff like this to be like yeah. wild and crazy. Bring two beers. What do you think you guys wrap it up? You, uh, you guys not had enough? 
I mean, I think I me like and Caitlin could go all fucking night, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we also are going to do this. Like, don't use up everything the first night. Like, we got we got plenty of weeks to do this. Oh, I know. do you know Let's... me? I can talk. I know. I can... Like, we can do this. We got this. I mean, I got to win. Like, we... 24-hour podcast. We could Let's not go. run out of plus yeah, yeah, we tried. Like, this is a, a well that we could mine for a long time. You don't mine a well, but you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like, we can just keep digging through CIA bullshit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I do feel like a little kid who's like, who's like, I can stay up. And then I'm like, (laughs) I mean, that's how I always feel. I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like at this age, maybe it's because I'm older than all y'all. So old. Yeah. I just just feel like, (laughs) I I know that like, I'm going to just feel like shit all day tomorrow if I don't ju- if I just stay up too late for no reason and as much as I'm going to miss out on stuff I'm, I also know that I'm going to like half perform if I'm like really tired. she'll be like yeah bro great story bro I'm just like like it's yeah yeah, yeah. No, that, that's what I was telling like Caitlin is like I'm just so used to fucking like you had barely any, barely any sleep well too fucking bad we got to do shit for the next 72 to 96 hours Jesus. So, I would die my like, body could not do that my, I think my record for staying up without sleep, like any sleep at all, is like somewhere around 82 hours. So bad for you. It's so bad for you. It's so bad for you. But, so bad for you. Just, but shit needed to get done. Yeah. And so like I'm fucking up, you know, I'm fucking pounding fucking Red Bulls and coffee and acting like it's fucking nothing. Yeah. So no. like me operating on like four hours of fucking sleep at work is no problem for me. Yeah. Okay, it's I've it's always terrible been, for the body. Objectively, <laughs> I've always been early to bed, early to rise. But yeah, it's only nine thirty here, which is past my bedtime. Mm-hmm. But like, we'll make exception. I was telling Ward, we'll make exceptions on like keep, fun nights. For some reason, like, we'll I keep thinking like you guys are an hour later than us instead of an hour earlier, and that makes no sense. But yeah, yeah. hour earlier for sure. Yeah, yeah, they got way more time than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also like half unemployed, so uh, yeah, I'm slowly yeah. working back into the union. Uh, be great. Gross. From what you've told me, don't do it. I know. I have to. Fi- I have to journey out, and I'm so close to journeying out. Like I have to say, I'm a journeyman carpenter. Before I moved to Colorado, and like, there's no union work up there, so like, I'm not yeah. going to be able to finish my apprenticeship up there. So, yeah, I've like. The past almost two years, I've been like so stressed because I'm so close to journeying out and I just like don't, I just don't want to fucking work. But like like we've been saying on the podcast, don't fucking worry about that, man. The climate class is going to happen. Like, fuck your future investments. Like, fuck having retirement plans, you know, just fucking stock up on guns and ammo and water and MREs and just fucking call it good. It just is a commune. (laughs) <laughs> it's a nice thing to say because I will have to get like carpentry work in Colorado and I don't know how many lady carpenters there are. Um it, yeah, so so it's nice to be like, yeah, I'm a journey. Start a lady carpenter union. That'd be dope. I would fucking love to do that. That would be amazing. Then do it. Um, Make it to your goal. Yeah, I should yeah, I should do that. You do it, Ward. Uh, I'm so lazy. Me do it. I'm not a lady carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> or do you iron out all the details and then I'll enact it? I'm good if I'm like told what to do. So Okay. I'll start figuring yeah. some stuff out. Okay, nice. I've I have there are so many 
women here who would absolutely love to do something like that. But yeah, you don't want to go against. Well, you didn't want to go against the carpenters union. You don't want to go against the grain. You don't want to go against the carpenters union here, but our union just got dissolved. So I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. Whoops. I like how Colin got my joke, but not you, but okay. Oh, uh, it was a what? one green joke. God Stupid. damn it. Stupid. It was a dad joke. God damn it. I didn't think I, I couldn't resist. I thought it was like a like a, a jab at feminists not wanting to ruffle feathers. I'm like, of course they do. No, it's literally a wood grain joke. Nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you guys, by the way, I mean, did you guys at all plug your podcast? Like, did you just, did you no, I don't think we did. <laughs> No. Okay. Go ahead and we, like, go ahead plug your podcast. Like I said, in case any of our listeners that are patrons of ours have not somehow subscribed to yours or are not regular listeners. Um. Yeah, I feel like most of our listeners are turned leftist people now, which is we're so be. grateful for. It's so yeah. that was Seriously. so nice. It like it was like the smallest like brush with fame that anyone could ever have. But like you know, four people fucking added us on Instagram and were talking to me, and I was like. Oh, this is so nice. <laughs> I'm a celebrity. No, I. it was just like, I don't know. It was so nice that like your fan base is just very, I don't know, very cool. Um, so Brilliant. yeah, we have Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner and uh, yeah, just back to that. It just made me feel really special. I feel like it made all of us feel really special that a bunch yeah. of people like started listening to our podcast. Anyways, Caitlin's Conspiracy Caitlin Conspiracy Corner is our podcast. Uh, there's another Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner out there. Ours is the one with C A I T L Y N. Don't listen to the other one. She doesn't yeah, know. What I didn't she's know talking. this. There's another one on the scene. There's he, another Caitlin's. I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to check it out now. A long time ago, there was one, and I don't think I listened. I think maybe Shannon pointed it out and was like, it's not as good as ours. But yeah. Listeners, uh, the other day. one is uh, she's a fucking lib. Don't waste your fucking time. We're gonna do it. We're gonna listen to it. We're gonna listen to it together, and we're gonna make an episode out of it. Oh, it's a conspiracy. It's the fucking government, and they're trying to go up against me. The conspiracy of the conspiracy. Yeah, they're trying to naysay us. Oh my god! I think we need to invite this other Caitlin on, and we need to find out who is the best conspiracy. What if they're like, what if they're super lame? And then we like open up that can of worms. I like having to befriend a super lame person. No, we'll just fucking drop her and then talk shit about her. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Yeah, we talk about conspiracies. I yell a lot. I make up a lot of my own conspiracies. Uh, Which, you know what? A lot of them turn out to be true. So fuck you guys. Um, And yeah, do we have any other podcasts? We have Steely Fans. Oh, yeah. The world's number one Steely Dan fan podcast. We put out like two episodes. We have like six in the bank that Cullen refuses to fucking. <laughs> yeah, make. Steely fans is more like a once a year type of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's worth the wait. It's, it's, it's just like a fine wine. Yes, it is. It's like a nice little treat every now and then. And honestly, Conspiracy Corner is turning into that, but it's okay. <laughs> it comes out in bursts. Like everyone's like, yes. like there's a new one and then. There's going to be three more after that. So yeah. Get fucking ready. And yes. then we're going to go on a hiatus again. A hundred percent. We have a uh, YouTube channel that we haven't posted to for like six months to a year. Um, VHS Action Rewind. That's pretty good. We have one in the bank. Colin just got to. 
we got to hold out on it. We got to wait. I, honestly, I'm waiting it. for the me and you guys collab on Demolition Man for VHS Action Rewind. Oh, yeah, okay. That's what I'm waiting for. 100%. Come to St. Louis <laughs> and we will film Demolition Man. Truly, oh. one day, whenever you're, whenever you're in the area, let's do Demolition Man. That would be so much fun. I'm so excited. It's one of my favorites. YouTube is like, uh, it's, it's a lot scarier than podcast. Um, there's like a, I would say there's a good like 20 minutes of feeling so fucking awkward. And then you get into it. Um, no, I drink. That's a, that's, yeah. I get over that. Yeah, that's true. If you were visiting, I feel like we'd just be all trashed. Yeah, that's like part of the point, right? Okay, you're right. You're right. Okay, cancel out everything I just said. Uh, you're gonna have so much fun, and yeah, that's it. Cool. That's that's it. That's baby. it. That's well, I can't tell baby. you how happy it makes me to hear that. Like you got like a bump in some listeners from us because I've been a fan of your podcast for like literally like a couple of years now. Like, because, you know, I just so nice. I just randomly like started posting memes like uh, I mean, I don't make any content like I don't make memes. I just have a meme page and I just literally started posting shit that I find funny. And so, yeah, I make your memes. Yeah. Yeah. I I get I subcontracted out like a fucking capitalist. (laughs) But I um, so anybody that doesn't even pay me. No, nothing. not, Not a dime. But so anybody that they do show each other their dicks, though. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of dick showing. Because we haven't known each other. Long ball showing. showing. (laughs) Everyone here has long balls, and don't you forget it. Oh, God. I can't wait for you to listen back to this mic. Like those oblong stuff you missed. You get in the grocery store. You're going to hear. (laughs) No, no, no. You just got to fucking listen to it, bud. We're not going to spoil it. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Oh, but my point was so, like, and early on, like, I literally just, anybody that's following my page or any of the shit that I post, it's literally just, it's only because they have the same sense of humor that I have. Or the same, like, feelings about specifically Marxism, Leninism, and the U.S. government or whatever that I have. And so it turns out there's actually a lot of people who feel the same way that I do about all these things, like, coincidentally enough. And early on, I think I had been doing it for like a couple months, and I just happened to find you, uh, Caitlin, and then I saw that you had that Conspiracy Corner podcast. I'm like, I listen to podcasts obsessively. Let me check this out. And I just added you to my queue, and it was really great. Like, I just had been a fan for at least a couple years. So to hear that, like, I then just continued to cultivate other Marxist Leninist neckbeards online and uh, then started a podcast of my own. And then, you know, we yes. got to give you guys a bump. Like, that makes me immensely, insanely happy. Like, I can't tell you how happy that makes me. Yeah, it was, it was so nice. And I, yeah, I feel like your, your people, I don't know, they were just good people. Like, they just, like, were very supportive. Even in the Discord, like, uh, someone, uh, I forgot their name. But um, they also follow me on Instagram and I know their Instagram handle, but I don't want to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they like in the discord one day were like new episode of Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. That's me. <laughs> that's it. That's even better, I think, is that so our, nice. our fans have like come out to you guys and are not only into it just as I am, which totally makes sense. But then are like super nice to you guys. That's like great to hear, but also not super yes. surprising. Like. Yeah, yeah, we have an incredible community of fans. Yeah. Like, it blows my mind how, like, great our community that we have, especially on our Discord, is. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it doesn't surprise me because I feel like leftist values are, uh, like, just inclusive. 
like unless you're like a piece of shit fascist. So, um, you know, there's like a tanky and anarchist war, but um, for the most part, it's like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) For the most part, it's uh, implement state power. Of course, we're winning. (laughs) (laughs) It's less toxic than than most. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So I feel like you're going to like automatically find good people. Yeah. All right. So, Ward, do you want to plug your uh, pages? Yeah, now that we're like four hours into this fucking thing. (laughs) (laughs) You can follow me on Instagram at Millennial Leftist, uh, common spelling, no underscore. And if you really want, you can follow me on Twitter at Ward Lolly, W-A-R-D-L-A-W-L-E-Y. Hell yeah. And uh, for Jaron, his website is jaronperlman.com, J-A-R-O-N-P-E-A-R-L-M-A-N.com. And uh, Cosper's Patreon is patreon.com slash C-O-S-P-E-R underscore. And Sterling, you can find on our podcast Twitter at Twitter slash TurnLeftistPod. And everything else, check out the link tree. That's link tree slash TurnLeftist. Find a Discord or Patreon and anything else related to the podcast. Cool. Yeah. And uh, thank God Dad came back on so that uh, we can finally wrap this shit up tonight. I mean, you guys would have gotten it done at some point, but like... All right. Well, that's all I got. Thank you, guys. I can't thank you enough for uh, helping us out with this. And uh, Ward, I, I told them I'm going to give them uh, our months of uh, like for the months that we do this, I'm going to give them the Patreon money so that they can devote it to like pet food because they're always taking on too many pets. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Yeah. Problem. Only if you want to. No, it's Only definitely if you happening. want to. We no, it's happening. Are, Dude, we're we're so far off from our goal for a North Korea podcast trip. Okay. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense for us to hoard this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then if you have any suggestions for other CIA ops, just let me know. But otherwise, I'll just go uh, find another one and we'll do this again next Tuesday. Hell yeah. Sounds good. I think we should just keep rolling through like bullshit, like things that don't fan out. Just to talk about how fucking absurd they are. Word, if you want to like do any particular ones that really speak to you, I mean, you could do one on Midnight Climax if you want to take the lead on one or something. Dude, Midnight Climax. I just love the title of this. I don't like the operation, but like... The title I would like to learn climax. about that one. Yeah, that we can that then we just get to say climax over and over again. I mean, what a treat! I just think it's, it would listeners. be a bit redundant because we kind of covered it like pretty full fledged in an episode already. Yeah, we, I mean, we devoted about 10, 15 minutes to it, and we did give a good synopsis. But I'm sure there's got to be some angles we could really find some humor in, especially like oh yeah. I want to dig into some like random obscure shit that just like never panned out, and we can just make so much fun of. I mean, keep talking about long balls and Hell short dicks. Yeah. All right, you guys, I'm out of here. Long balls gotta be a conspiracy. Later. Good luck listening back, Mike. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Okay, bye. Bye. We had a bullet go through our roof. <laughs> a couple, I guess we found it like not last spring, but the spring before. We came out to, this is before I redid the floors, thank God. But we came out to just a soaked floor and we were like, what the fuck? Yeah. It had been raining like nonstop for like a week. And the no, floor was from 4th of July, wasn't it? No, it was before because it was from either New Year's or 4th of July. And like I see the water dripping just through a little hole in the drywall. Yeah. And so I like take my hammer and hit it and I hear something fall like insulation falls and then something hard falls on the ground. And look, oh, it's a God. little bullet. Yeah, so I like got up on the roof and there was just like a perfect little bullet hole and apparently that's a thing. Like New Year's is is scary. We go down in our basement on New Year's because it's just like Oh wow. There's it's like ARs going off. Jesus. It's like, just 
everywhere, everywhere. So, um, yeah, it gets it gets scary. But yeah, I guess we I looked it up online and apparently that that's a thing around New Year's and Fourth of July is that like roofers know they're going to have like job security for oh. fixing roofs because, because this happens all the Fucking time. Bullet holes, um, Jesus. I know. I like I can't believe it can come down with that amount of force <laughs> and now i'm like scared every i'm just scared to live now to like that like a bullet's just gonna you know just take me out just come through the fucking ceiling and take me out that's why we go it to the quite a bit year. i think it's like a handful of cases a year people just shooting guns up in the air and then somebody dies from it yeah it yes it's so scary it makes me not want to be outside Ugh, one more God. reason to i guess sleep in the lower levels of your house then i guess at least it stopped at your roof yeah. you know and didn't come we through. only have one we have a flat roof oh. <laughs> we only have one level it's got duct tape like six pillows <laughs> it must have just like nicked the drywall and like broken that paper mm-hmm. and just been sitting there and then once the rain hit it was finally like a wow. so it went in like just yeah. that far wow yeah i mean it went straight through the roof it was like yeah. a perfect little hole it, scary you just never know when you're going to be living your life and crash through the ceiling. Right, let's, I think uh, about it all the time. Well, yeah, I mean that would no. Let's like, talk about this more. Let's talk about my anxieties more. <laughs> that would actually drive yeah, me. Fuck like, Operation Washtub. Let's talk about these anxieties. <laughs> yeah. This is what the listeners really want to hear. That's what they're here for. This is my therapy session. Okay, so you're gonna have to deal with that. It is funny until you said that. I didn't really even think about the the weight that that would play on you like having had that i would just be like oh that's a crazy thing that's you know that's nuts dog but and then like you're like yeah i actually think about that all. i was like oh yeah yeah that would be pretty unsettling yeah yeah, yeah. see it's it's not cool to talk about like anxiety and actual emotions with mike who doesn't like experience that shit like he's never had depression <laughs> or like anxiety like Is he just true? doesn't get it no no he, that's he not just doesn't get it oh <laughs> no i mean you guys have no i like I'm incredibly anxious all the time. My two big things are... I can't tell when you're fucking with me, Ward. God damn it. Was <laughs> Mike really bit. recording in his car? Or is oh, that no, a lie? Absolutely... Yeah, that used to be a thing for a very long time. <laughs> the first like six months, probably. Okay. It's yeah. yeah. um, amazing. Oh, no, I mean, my two big anxious things are the future, just because no, knowing of climate collapse, and then dust. Yeah. Like, That's I'm just super paranoid about dust. Um, like, you never know what's in the dust. Well, because you never you know. Just, well, no, it's yeah. like I, I, I'll, I'll go on this rant again briefly. But I went on, I went down the rabbit hole on asbestos once because I had some around some pipes in my basement. Oh, we! I had to take a forty-hour class yeah. on asbestos. I had to take Ocean that's Thirty. That's scary as fuck. It scares the shit out of you. I'm so scared of electric because of my first week. This was like years ago. My first week in in your new apprentice class. They teach you about like all the ways that electric can just fucking kill you. Just like, I mean, they showed us videos of people getting just electrocuted. Ugh. Like, no, no warnings. I just got to see people die by electrocution. Um, and like, what happens to you? And if you live, that's the like, oh, there's our decrepit cat. Oh. Um, that's Al. That's not Mal. Al's very old. Um, he looks like a chupacabra. He doesn't look like a cat. But, um, yeah, there's so many. I know I'm derailing your anxieties no, right now, but I want to talk about mine some more because <laughs> when Caitlin came home from that class, she was like, "I'm just so anxious about. I learned about how all the ways you can die from electricity." And I was like, "Okay, well, let's just like put on a movie, yeah. and relax. I like, turned on the TV, 
And the the movie that was on the channel that was on was Final Destination. No. <laughs> like a scene where like someone was like being chased by. No. Like, like, I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah, there's just so many ways that electricity can just, you know, you're just living your life and then bam, dead. Yeah, I had a friend who was an electrician and he got shocked by a fucking 440 panel and he woke up. Yeah, he woke up in the fucking hospital and then he quit and never did electrician work ever again. And he's to the point where he won't even change a light bulb in his fucking house. He makes his wife do it. Jesus. Well, yeah, I mean, they were telling us like, so so the like phrase of electricians say is like it's just a 120 it won't kill you but like they tell you when your heart stops and it's only at like 60 whatever um yeah. so a 120 can kill you but usually they're grounded so i was gonna say um, i definitely been shocked by 120 a bunch of times i didn't think it was that I bad had to. Like, yeah yeah it's yeah. it's scary my um, buddy still has the uh, in and out marks on his palm and his the bottom of his foot wow he's like, lucky that a decade some- later yeah yeah. Usually, like your, like your whole face burns off. Like usually, it's like this awful damn. I'd rather just not saying this about your buddy, but like if my face was like burned off or something, I'd rather just fucking die. I'd rather just, die. I'd rather just not. Just hope for one of those raining bullets to just hit you. <laughs> 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 yeah. Just oof, the, man. But the um the payoff to my asbestos story is that. Um, you get if you go down that rabbit hole, you get scared of asbestos. But then, if you go a little further and look into what other dusts do, and they could be anything from silica dust, which could be like if you just work with concrete at all, and like yeah. you're not wearing a full-on yeah. respirator when you do it, and you breathe some yeah. of that dust, um, or even just sand on the beach, or if you find out that there's asbestos in brake pads still, so any brake dust yeah. that you inhale now, if you live in the city, like if you are a toll booth worker, you're gonna die of like mesothelioma, like the asbestos workers did, because you're just sitting there breathing brake dust all day. Like, um, you want to hear my cool story with asbestos? So I'm around horrible shit all the time, um, and like that's what sucks is that we have to take, we're forced to take all these classes and sit through fucking forty hours. I sat through eighty hours of OSHA, OSHA ten and OSHA thirty. And like learning about all the ways I can die. And um I had to sit through OSHA thirty after I was out at Monsanto. We were putting together their like greenhouse shade systems. And so we were there. It was like so hot that an iron worker died of heat stroke out there. Like the greenhouses would get up to like 140. So it was miserable. Like it was the, just, I was so depressed that summer because I'd have to wake up at 2 a.m. to get there at like three. And that's when we would start because like we'd have to get some work done before it was just too hot to work. It was miserable, awful. And then like we're done. We've been, this project has been going on for years and I've been there for like six months. And um, there's like a glazer, like a new glazer that they brought in. And he was looking at like some of the old glazing and was like, or, or some of the old, like, I guess, caulk around the, gla- the glass and was like, I think this has asbestos in it. And they were like, no, shut the fuck up, but why? <laughs> what are you doing? You, you lost it. You're doing this on purpose. Um, but uh, so so we had to, like, be in the same greenhouses, like, with no air circulation at all, with these glazers that are, like, grinding out this caulk. 
And so when this glazer sees it and like is like, I think this is asbestos, they're like, no, it's not. We tested this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm. sure they did. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh turns out it was, and that we were just around like asbestos it. is fine if you don't disturb it. Right. So they are sticking like grinders in there. The worst thing you can do everywhere. The worst thing you can do. Yeah. yeah. So we I had to do like a baseline and then um my lungs just are just feel like shot anyways. Don't keep that in because I want to. Yeah, there's already a few parts that Mike has to cut after this. So. Yeah, Mike's yeah. doing some snippies. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we did a baseline, and then like, if I end up getting mesothelioma, then uh, I get to sue Monsanto, which would be pretty sweet. Like, I, it wouldn't be sweet for me, but it'd be like a sweet deal for you. Yeah, I can't wait till that mesothelioma <laughs> money rolls in. Oh. I'm gonna be sad. Yeah, like society's gonna still exist by then. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once Caitlin's gone and you got the mesothelioma money, you're gonna be some like sugar daddy. It's gonna be great. Hell yeah. I'm the only person who can get you through a fucking apocalypse. Okay. That's true. <laughs> it's true. I, I really for the love of God hope because I'm sure you guys all have friends and family that are like well to do and are radically optimistic about the future about what the future holds for them and everyone they know and love. And it's like, they think that we're weird. They think that we're crazy and we're just pissed off because we don't make and enough like money. They think, we're, yeah. they think we're just mad because we're not successful enough and we're just like imagining a doomsday scenario. You have no fucking idea how much I hope to God I am wrong and I am an Same. embarrassed piece of shit scumbag in another 40 Same. years. I hope so much that my children are living in a fine neoliberal world and everything's cool and they're not like just drowning in water or just like heating overheating to death and can't have pets anymore. Like I hope that that is not the case, but like I have no idea and I don't think that's going to be the case. But if if that is the case and I'm just a scumbag who like played too much guitar and didn't devote himself seriously enough to work to make enough money, then great. I will be totally fine with that if that's the world we live in. But like I just don't see that honestly. Same. Yeah. I would like, much rather look like an asshole than what's yeah. actually going to happen. Absolutely. Like, I wish my daughter is fucking listening to this shit like 15 years from now, 20 years from now, and she's like, God, my dad, asshole, my dad was such an asshole and didn't fucking know what the fucking... All those natural disasters, <laughs> they just went away. Who knew? Like, yeah, he was fucking obs- obsessed with all this shit for such a long time and none of it fucking happened. Like, I wish, I hope that that is the case. Mm-hmm. I really hope that, like, like, she's recording a podcast in the 15 years saying, like, yeah, the, you idiots, neoliberalism came up with the anti-natural disaster machine. Of course, capitalism innovates. Why didn't you know that, you dumb commies? Like, yeah, <laughs> the free market solution to fucking climate collapse, asshole. <laughs> Thank you, Teddy uh, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> you flick the switch on the machine. Oh, God. <laughs> I had to listen to Invent the Future before, Mike. Like, Well, so it is... Most of the people from Pearl's Pod, except for, okay. I guess, the one dude that... Because, again, I don't know... I know that there is a Pearl's Pod Discord, but I'm not in it because I can't find a link. But I'd love to, like, find where the Pearl's Pod nerds hang out so I could, you know, lurk. But, um... So, from what I understand is that they broke up because the one dude wanted to start a brewery with all the money that they had raised. And then everybody else wanted to do something, like, actually Marxist. Um, like, not a capitalist for-profit project like that. And so... A brewery? Yeah, I mean, yeah, apparently that's what Chapo either so wanted to do or did as well. Like, well, I mean, I guess because their whole thing is they show up, they have drinks, and they talk leftist history. So maybe he thought that would be like apropos in some way. But like, you know, I guess did he start a brewery? I don't know. I don't think they. I think they disagreed so much on what to do with the money that they probably didn't come to any agreement. Like maybe he was able to take a fraction of it, but oh. <laughs> who knows if that's enough to get a, a thing off the ground? I don't know. 
again, like yeah. I don't really know the analysis of it, but from what I understand, I thought that the the person whose voice you hear introducing the last two episodes of Pearl's Pod, where it were like it just came out recently, where they were like had already been recorded, and now he just got around to releasing them. I thought that was the guy who wanted to start the brewery that they don't. Uh, I don't know, yeah. stay in contact with or whatever, but he was also on that most recent episode of Invent the Future, which is like, if they have everybody, they may as well just have the old podcast. Yeah, just call it yeah. Pulse Pod, not something new. But I also think out of all the episodes that I've listened to, that most recent one where they had everyone was the most entertaining. And they also had no actual agenda. They just kind of like shot the shit a bunch of, about a bunch of random topics. Yeah, it was great. I harvested some beans today. Oh, nice. Yeah, a nice. ton of them. They're too big. I let them go a day late, but they're bush beans, and I'm really excited about it. I got uh, two jalapenos off my jalapeno plant recently. Ooh, mine yeah. did not do good this year. I don't know what to do with just two jalapenos, though. Like, with some quesadillas. Have a quesadilla night. That's what I was thinking. Off. You can have a quesadilla yeah. and a margarita. Right? Yeah. That's it. You share it between your whole family. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, one of my whole things was like, oh man, I can't wait to have like a bunch of jalapenos and I can make like fresh jalapeno poppers. Like, I fucking love jalapeno poppers. Yeah. And I just got two and I'm like, this is not enough for jalapeno poppers <laughs> at all. Yeah. It's weird. Sorry, you can hear all my mouth sounds. Whoop. Um, so it's weird because our neighbor planted. Sorry. <laughs> I can like hear my own mouth sounds. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Our neighbor planted uh, jalapenos this year and like got tons, like hundreds. And we planted them. I planted two and I had one in full sun and one in like partial sun. And they didn't, I got like one off of each one. It was super depressing. Yeah, I just have like, I just got like one little guy who's like a foot tall. Yeah. And like he gave me two jalapenos. It was pretty sweet. Nice. I think I might have overwatered mine. My mint quickly died because it's too fucking hot outside. Mm. So I need really? to start. Yeah, I need to start doing mint inside because when I had it inside, it was fucking thriving. But a few days ours, outside, fucked. Ours grows. So we've had ours growing. I get like before we moved in, yeah. somebody planted it. So it's been going for so long that like nothing kills it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. But they say it's supposed to help with mosquitoes. And yeah. like every time I go pick mint for tea, which is like every night, it just hundreds of mosquitoes fly out of my mint bush. And I'm like, what nice. the fuck? I, I heard that it was supposed to like prevent them. No, no, oh, not true. That's a lie. They're mint mosquitoes. Yeah. Mint mosquitoes. <laughs> That's yeah. I got a lot of. I got basil taking the fuck off. I got like a giant my planter basil. for basil taking the fuck off. My basil. I got. I did two different kinds. I did lemon, lemon basil, and then regular. Um. Genovese or whatever it is, uh, and it it went crazy this year. It was awesome. Yeah. I was so excited. Everyone, everything's done good this year except my peppers. I I did bell peppers also, and I only got like five or six out of that. Oh, that's sad. I know it was really sad. My okra. I've never planted okra before, and I planted two different kinds this year. It the like the like main branch of it is like huge. It's massive. It's like a tree. And uh, yeah, and it's like as tall as we are. And like I get okra. I've been getting like five okras a day consistently for like three months. And it's not. Holy shit. It's insane. I guess because it's so fucking hot and humid here. It just it's amazing. That's awesome. 
Yeah, in the apocalypse, I'll definitely want to plant okra. Yeah, then uh, I got a ghost pepper plant. I've had it for a couple of months. No peppers from it yet, which I don't know what the fuck to do with ghost peppers. My wife got it for me on a whim. I have no idea what to do with ghost peppers, except oh dare her to eat one whole. Oh, um, no, don't do that. Oh, my God, we had a friend do that. Her husband works for, like, a radio station here in St. Louis. It's, like, the hard rock radio station, oh. like, new rock. Yeah, like, very, very douchey. He's, like, the least douchey person ever, but he works for the most douchey radio station. Um, and she was just, like, I think in the studio one day, and they had ghost peppers, and she's the type of person... She's like me, just like way too much testosterone. So when she comes in the room, she's like, yeah. And everybody's like, "Mm." so when me and her together, it's a total disaster. But um, she came in and was like, I'll eat a ghost pepper and ate it and like immediately started throwing up and then like tried to go home later and had to pull her car over and throw up. It was really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe like drying it out, crushing it up, and then like adding it into something or trying to make a hot yeah. sauce with That's it. That's literally what I was thinking. Yeah. If you dried it out and ground it up and added it to like your a red pepper jar, and then that could be your specialty hot red pepper like. Yeah, that's what that's yeah. what I'm thinking I'm gonna go with because hot sauce sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, I next thing I wanna get, I wanna get some fucking tomatoes for sure. I've done so many tomatoes this year and they all did amazing. I still yeah. <sighs> Like, I just, I, did. I just want tomatoes so bad. I did so many. I, I I think people are really intimidated by tomatoes, but you just have to water them a ton, like more yeah. than you think. Um, yeah, I did. My one of my neighbors is. From Columbia, BB, and she like grows, grows everything. It's insane. And so I always like in spring, I'll go over there and she'll just give me a ton of plants like this year. She gave me raspberry and then she gave me this. Uh, heirloom tomato that she's like you know she'll save the seeds every year and keep it going and do oh, new nice. little starters and so she gave me a starter and the tomatoes are like they taste like steak I swear I know vegans say weird stuff like that but like they really do they're so oh, the best tomato I've ever had so I saved seeds this year but um, yeah I did I did big boy tomatoes I did all kinds of little ones I did the like yellow pear ones I tried tomatillas but those didn't turn out Oh, yeah, the yellow ones? Had, my friend grew yellow ones and I wasn't like a huge fan of them. So I usually like just like saute them up in like chicken broth or bone broth. Like oh, okay. I'll keep reducing down chicken broth. And then like once it gets, I don't know, like really thick, I'll add tomatoes in there and start sauteing them. Um, and I, I love it. But once it gets to that point, it's like a tomato's a tomato. Yeah. So like I don't, I don't really, have I eaten them? Raw. I don't think, I think I've so. tried them raw. Oh, so okay. I think you just cook them like that, or put them in your sauce. Your yeah. Sauce. Yeah. So they're. I like them because like I've still got a ton out on that plant out there. I feel like I've had those same. They're like okra where I've had those forever, and they just keep producing. I have too many of those. Um, yeah, and you can just start canning those things too. Yeah, I know. I'm scared of canning. Um, Botulism. Because it can explode. No, I'm not scared oh. of botulism, but like, for canning is the thing. No, if you don't get it totally sterilized, then yeah, yeah, you can, it can fuck you up, but, mm-hmm. um, or you can no. like siphon off the top and then inject it in your face and look really young. Yeah, that, that'll work well. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah. Same thing, right? Oh my God. 